scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We gotta keep talking about bards and shit until that momentum runs out. Oh yeah, it's already If he, what would you say your class is? Easily a cleric or a healer. I'm a support guy. I'm a yeah, yeah. cleric. Healer. Yep. Nice. I was that guy at the uh, at the house party when everyone's like fucked up and passed out. Someone like crashes on the floor with their shoes on. I'm all right on your face. I'll get you a blanket and a pillow. Mm-hmm. What anyone else does is their fucking business. You might get your face written on, but I'm not gonna stop it. I'll, I'll fucking big old, laugh. Big old chance. Yeah, but I'll make sure you're comfy. I'll heal some wounds. I don't know in what context you answered that. Was that just like basic D and D context, or was that like wow? Oh shit, man. I mean, basic D and D. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, because there's only so so much you can do in a day and spell wise and whatnot. <laughs> Like, if you just stop healing someone and, wow, that's not cool. Like, sure. keep healing the DPS. You're not just going to stop midway. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. pull out. I, uh, I've i only played D&D, you know, less than five times. Like, enough for one hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've played as a different thing each time, so I don't know. I don't oh. really know where I... I don't know, really know where I stay. Mm-hmm. Where I land. Uh, yeah. It's more about a... I'd like to, if I'm, if I was going to fall back on any stereotype, I would most likely go to like, well, when I play like a open world game, uh, where do I usually end up? And I usually end up with a, with a big fucking weapon. Okay. And I, and I run headfirst into shit and Fighter. ask, and ask questions later. Br- yeah. Brawler. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I really, um, I mean. So many people yeah. on Skyrim with like arrows and thieves and stealth and i'm yeah. just like i'm the asshole who like, runs in with the hammer and i'm just like nope come here and let me touch you with this i mean but at the same time it's like of course i did thieves guild to do thieves guild so it's not just i mean you can play the thieves guild as a berserker fighter you know you don't have to be sneaky the whole time you can just be like hi i'm from the thieves guild i'm gonna put this in your heart that's very true, and you know what? I, I'm sure I've done that. I uh, I could I could sit and talk about fucking Skyrim all day, bro. Facts. Because uh, oh man, and that's you know the funniest part about that is that J- Django said he got his name from playing through Skyrim as a red guard. And oh I was, god! I think I, I remember just, this. Yeah, and like I I think I cut it, but I'm gonna bring back. My original comment, which was not even the red card, want to be the red card. There's like, like, be the yeah. fucking lizard person. Come on, be a Khajiit. Be something cool. And, and like, Django literally was just like, I do, I am cool. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, I mean, red guards are cool, especially if you play, play with mods. Curved swords. Cur- that, yeah, there's, I mean, that's cool. Scimitars. Freaking scimitars, their, their armor looks pretty cool. Even, it looks like they're pretty, you know, snug in those robe, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then turban yeah. things. And, uh, yeah. Also, if you got mods, like, each race gets, like, pretty cool bonuses, and they definitely have one of the coolest bonuses. They can run on water. Oh, really? Yeah, they could run on, not, not, indefinitely there's um 
It's a skill with adrenaline. It raises the, like their physical attributes. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So it makes it really useful, you know. Hmm. So uh, Jesus was black. I mean, Jesus was black. Jesus was black. Well, he was. So, yeah. Well, he was, he was dark. Eastern. No, he was from Hammerfell. <laughs> anyway, so this is lots of pasta, and uh, we're getting off track a little bit. This is uh, episode eighty nine, and I'm here with crying Hawaiian uh, for what I think is your third episode. Yes, it's my third episode because we did basic shit, and then we did aliens. Mm-hmm. And now you're back. Um, yeah. I liked. I like your episodes. I I think aliens will forever be, will forever be one of the most interesting things I can ever just <laughs> get high and talk about for fifteen minutes. For sure. Um, and and I did that again. We did a second alien special, but we did the full story for the entire episode. And I, uh, what is going to be seventy nine? So mm-hmm. ten episodes ago from this point, mm-hmm. we read the um. The alien story about the changeling that impersonates a family's father. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was a fun episode. That's but another the... thing that fucking fake creature do. I'm sounding like yeah, Alex no, no, Jones because no, 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 there's, no, no. No, uh, there's no context to this. Yeah, you're just you're just going to be... The goddamn fake people are stealing our dads! Yeah, we, uh, we had a lot of talk about what we were going to do on this episode, and we really wanted to get into, like, fey creatures and demons, and, like, we talked about poltergeists and ghosts. Yeah. Right? We had a lot of conversation that I really wish we would have had on the podcast, yeah. so, I, so I wanted to jump us into this shit as quick as possible, but, um... But, like, we're gonna get there. Yeah. Like, we're gonna get to those episodes eventually. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's not a big... It's not a big deal. And you know what? Ouija board, like, could go... It could go so many fucking ways. Yeah. Like, spirits, ghosts, the dead. Just the vague umbrella of the dead. I think the scary thing about Ouija boards is kind of like... Almost... Like an AOL chat room in 1997. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's the Omegle of. No, Omegle. Oh, yeah, yeah, Omegle, because you can't see the face on that one. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about the other one. Uh, but yeah, it's like, hey, Grandma, is that you? <laughs> yeah, I'm Grandma. ASL? <laughs> Come on. ASL? <laughs> yeah. Um, here's my thing. So just basic context, the last time we even touched on Ouija boards was episode 66, where a mm. friend of mine on an episode pulled both of his out. He had two of them. And what were one they made of, out of? One was made out of wood from Salem. Okay. He's uh, This guy has so much obscure shit. Shout mm. out to Space Cowboy, episode 66. The other one was just your basic... Um, what was it, Parker Brothers or mm-hmm. Hasbro, whatever the fuck. And um, he just kept asking me, like, we should do it and we should record it. And I was like, I was like, we have been snorting shit. We have been smoking shit. We have been drinking shit. I'm not doing this right Like, the now. door is because, wide open. Because shout out to, yeah, the shout out in that episode is to 34 and 35 like two of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded mm-hmm. which we touch on the topic of Ouija boards and I just don't like like I'm ta- I'm referencing those episodes because I've had this conversation before you're just the third person I've had it with mm-hmm. which is I don't fucking trust 
No. The, the powers that be. You can tr- like I like you can trust the Ouija board just as much as you can trust twenty one QED at AOL.com. Yeah. Like Well, and then the layman in me says you could trust a Ouija board as much as you could trust the people you're doing the Ouija board with. And also I think and the material. I, and I can't trust fucking anyone. Not yeah. down not down to its fucking core. No. <laughs> so You never know what kind of motive someone has that might always, work against. There's always you gonna or, be you know? that that carnal factor of just, you know, there's a bear in front of us. What yeah. do I do? And it's run try and run. Run faster than the other person. But see my <laughs> thing is it's like, alright, the realm of the spiritual for the most part, for most people None of us know what we're doing. So what if taking your yes. hand off the planchette and running is literally the worst thing you can do, and that's why the fuck they come here starting trying to scare you? Yeah. Like... So, yeah, I guess to start the conversation, uh, do you believe in spirits, the afterlife, or any kind of vague contact that a Ouija board would be able to establish? I... Honestly, I feel like there might be, because it would... <sighs> And see, I hate when it's like... I Most I, people think I'm atheist. I'm just going to uh, say, most people think I'm atheist, but... I'm just worried about sounding like a crazy person. No. Don't worry about that. That's the anonymous point of this show. We, we have fake names. The only people who would know this is you are people you tell, or the other people that know you through this podcast. Well, it's more so like, I hope I'm... Putting this the right way. Okay. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to sound like an idiot. Right. I don't want to like... And so it's like now hey. I'm thinking about right, hey. how, hey, how do I put this? Hey, bud. We're sitting on a couch in my basement and we're recording a podcast for listeners we don't have yet. And <laughs> there is absolutely nothing. I actually think the more, um, the more honest and kind of batshit we are... And frankly, stupid. I think the more endearing this show becomes. Because we do open up about stuff, and we do vaguely theorize bullshit. So, like, if there's gonna be an outlet for you to have a conversation with someone, have it with me right now. (laughs) Alright, well, you know what? Here it goes. My political career career is going right down the toilet. I'm gonna just go out and say it. They're out there, and they're turning the freaking frogs gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the poison in the water. And the, <laughs> Turning the frogs gay. Just, I like that more. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I do believe in the, um, a realm beyond death that like may be experienced by humans. Okay. But probably also has host of like at home to things that have never been human. And, oh, uh, that's cool too. That's like a Stephen King that's that's kind of how his I, his books theorize that idea. Yeah, I mean, we exist on I mean, even off this planet, there's shit living out there. Yes, there. That are. shit dies. Does that not get afterlife too? So there's things out there that is not that are not probably not human at all. And uh if they find some way to communicate between you know, physical planes, some of them might not always have our best interest in mind. Absolutely. I mean, and some of them could be absolutely mundane. You yeah, know, going the other way. Right. Some is, of them could be mundane. Some, some of, could some be of them can be completely banal. But what I've noticed from patterns and stories and just... I always think about where does... What's the word I'm looking for? 
for something's lore, it's... Mythology. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like... Where is a creature's, you know, myth- mythos born? You know, what... what Origin? What, yeah, like, who decided, okay, yeah, I'm thinking of this... I'm, I'm in, like, fabricating this fantastical creature and deciding it's history, it has this it's, characteristic. It's faith, yeah. Yeah, like, like where, where, where does that start? Right, like, I think How a great example start? is... Um, the Exorcist, the the book, The Exorcist. Yes. Before it, there weren't really like stories of possession and demons and people. Like it's kind of the first of it of its kind, story wise. You know, I mean, sure. there were obscure Christian texts, like yeah. really obscure ones that referenced possessions that people and this ran is what you, with. Yeah, yeah. That, but where did that author decide? I. First of all, have the idea for this demon, and I'm going to give it these properties, and this is things that it does. And so I think about its mythos, and, and in general, with with people getting contacted from the other realm, the stories we hear are never anything good. So yeah, it makes me that's, believe that's that, a really like, good point. There are a lot of things out there that like they kind of have the same patterns. Like, all right, in the start, making you scared, making See, you scared leaves you open to oppression, makes you makes worse decisions, make you isolate yourself and see more things that I can do to you that are fucked up until to the point where it's like, all right, you're completely broken as a person. There's nothing left in there. Uh, I'm going to hop on in and I'm going to enjoy life and eat pizza and drive cars. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, possession. See, my like, my kind of vague thought about the whole thing could be almost interpreted as the context of um, the Netflix movie, The Discovery, which is that we are just biological synapse that that is firing at a certain rate. And uh, it has been recorded that when, when you die, a certain energy that was unforeseen in, in a human's life um, kind of emanates in their body for a while before it dissipates and slowly goes dark. Um, so I'm kind of of the understanding that there's a, there's a subtle transcendence of sorts Mm -hmm. but um but i also just think that there isn't really a uh a channel for so do i kind of believe in the idea of spirits yes i kind of do Mm -hmm. do i believe that they know that they're spirits or or that they interact with us on any way shape or form not really Mm -hmm. am i saying it's possible absolutely Mm -hmm. but uh for just the sake of a short conversation, uh, agnostic about just everything. Mm-hmm. Could I believe that there is an an image of uh, a, there? There's a larger being out there that we are just you know a fucking drop of water for. Maybe, you know, there are cells that we you know look at pretty much on the same scale, mm-hmm. and you know there are things that small that are functioning on their own fucking level. Mm-hmm. So who the fuck isn't to say that, like, how we fucking perceive things isn't... Right, I mean, we, for some reason, decide to perceive, like, our physical bodies dying as, like, the end of things. There could be, you know, entities out there that either don't want to or have no channel to contact us. Yeah. That see it as, like, a shedding of... Yeah, like, literally a a transcendence. Right. a, a, A crossing of boundaries. And, like, I... I'm even saying, even on a on a basic level, like, the reason we don't see that shit, like, if you even think about how we perceive light 
and mm. color and distance There's and no like channel for. how our eyes fucking work. That's just one fucking channel. Right. That's just one. They because say we can't they say a cat's like, yeah. fucking eyes mm-hmm. can see up to like nine channels. Mm-hmm. How fucked is that? What the fuck does that mean? They stare. Bugs. Shit. Bugs have like a one or two. You know, mm-hmm. like they the the sensory mm-hmm. and the way that like. Even something as simple as echolocation, you mm-hmm. know, for, like, right. a fucking dolphin. That's, like, another channel. And it's just, like, there are things we can't fucking explain well, in mm-hmm. history and mm-hmm. in time and space. So who the fuck knows? Right. Like... Which is why I say, Ouija boards, if something's gonna go fucking wrong, mm-hmm. it's gonna go real fucking wrong. And I'd rather not right. fuck with that. And that's usually my answer. Yeah. It's some kind of like heavy boards okay. are a little bit between uh, like a ham radio sure. and AOL chat rooms back in the day. Like <laughs> I like except that you can you just pop off your GPS location and anything who's looking it's like yeah, you know. But without that, it's it has no channel. But that also makes me wonder, like certain things like metal conducts electricity yeah. just just better. I like going with the biology of it, by the way. Yeah. It's good. So that's why I mentioned before, and I also wonder, like, I feel like Ouija boards that are made out of plastic or, you know, synthetic material probably aren't the best connection. It's probably like having a radio that's fucking a child's toy that you can buy at Toys R Us or some shit. It's not a great radio. It doesn't pick it's up a the, great it's signal. It's the point. It's the difference of starting a fire using paper and starting a fire using wood. Right. And so... Using those wooden Ouija boards probably is like, you know, and hey, y'all, I'm here. Who wants to hang out? By the way, if you know my grandma, can, can you, you know what? It's like You know what? I'm going to say something pretty fucked up. Uh, if, if I were to ever go hard on a Ouija board and, like, really sit down and do it, I would need it to be the surefire thing. I would need it to be a Ouija, board. a Ouija board that had been, like, fucking bloodletted and, you know, fucking, like, made, made, made out of, yeah, like, a specific kind of fucking wood. Like, I would, I would need the real fucking thing, because mm-hmm. if I got nothing out of it, if I didn't see anything, even as a, um, any kind of conduit, life would just be so much more dull. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I get what you mean. And, uh... I just think uh, the reason I don't touch a Ouija board is because, like, you know... Either way, you won't like the answer. Either way, yeah. yeah. It's a lose-lose. I think that's how I described it in 34 <laughs> and 35. It's, it's just, it's a lose-lose. Because um, either it doesn't work, and I'm just disappointed for the rest of my life, or... Constantly worried or about you does, dying and your energy being... Or, or it does, and the people around me are assholes. Mm-hmm. Or it does, and there is something there that I had not confirmed until that point. Yeah. And all all of those answers are under a big old nope. The nope umbrella. Yeah. yeah. I like the umbrellas. Yeah, the um, umbrella nope. It's like, you know, all that shit under there, I'm not gonna like. So, uh, have you ever... Have you ever used a Ouija board? Absolutely fucking not. See, that's the funny thing is, uh, uh, Django and Space Cowboy mm-hmm. have used Ouija boards before, and I'm just like, and what did you get out of it? And Django was just like, well, we made 
contact. And I'm just like, but what does that mean to you? You know, yeah. like I, and like, he was just like, I don't know, man. And I was like, uh. Like, what if it's contact to go play and the dead literally just don't inhabit and we think that they do or fucking hope that they do? And yeah. It's like, Wouldn't that be funny? Like, what? Because whatever is going to pretend to be a dead someone is not someone you want to invite into your I life. I love that. I love that. I think that's great. I think that's why I liked Insidious so much. Oh my god, yeah. I think that's why I liked Insidious so much because I went into it thinking, like, ha! Ghosts, poltergeists trying to bring back the poltergeist feel without. You know, acknowledging it, this is going to be fun, and then it just goes full-on demon, mm-hmm. and you're just like, well. Yep. <laughs> and now the series isn't good yeah, anymore. Unfortunately. <laughs> they, they, they saw they hit gold, and they're like, well, shit, it's, we'll just keep striking the same place. We mind and, the fuck out of it. Yeah. If it's cheap and it makes, you know, 19 times its intended budget, yeah. they're going to keep Fucking doing that. They're gonna keep, and you know what? It's because of they're Adam gonna Sandler. get cheaper and cheaper as the movies go on, mm-hmm. instead of more expensive, like a Disney flick, you know, anything mm-hmm. under that umbrella. No, no. And uh, and they're that just means they're gonna get worse in quality, and they're gonna get worse in production. Yeah. And yeah, um, the only thing I want to say before we hop into the story is, yes. you want me to make you a whiskey ginger? Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Thank you. Just a quick pause. Yeah. We've been talking a lot about Ouija boards, and I think it's about time we, like, start the story. <laughs> yeah. So today we are reading uh, the aptly titled A Ouija Board Is Not a Good Idea Ever. It's really not. From Reddit No Sleep, and, like, I can't help but be like, no shit. <laughs> no shit, dude. Yeah. So do you, do you want to start this? Yeah. I'm that asshole. You know, that asshole who moves the pointer while playing with the Ouija board? I don't get why. I guess I just liked people knowing I was responsible for... This dude's a fucking idiot, I gotta say. Already. Like... (laughs) It's a good start. Yeah. It is a good start. Oh, boy. I guess I liked knowing I was the one responsible for scaring the shit out of people instead of something or someone I couldn't see. Or maybe I just didn't believe that a commercially made product could talk to ghosts. Who knows? But as I found out, karma is definitely a bitch. One night in college, a friend of mine was over and uh, we were studying and one of the ghost shows came on TV. They were messing around with a Ouija board. Uh, my friend Liz said offhandedly, you know, I've never played with one of those before. And I was definitely surprised. Ouija boards were such a staple of my childhood. Hundreds of sleepovers with me scaring the crap out of little girls by moving the pointer on the board and that whole light as a feather steering the board thing. I couldn't fathom someone growing up and not experiencing it. I didn't experience it. I didn't do light as a feather steering the board, but... I, I didn't do either of those things because yeah. I wasn't 12 and had, had a vagina. Oh, okay. I don't know why I, like, paused. <laughs> You're totally fine. I tried to, like, hold with the comeback, but my brain was like, system nope. error. System nope. error. Uh, anyway. Started talking about random experiences that I've had with the board and tried to convince her it would be a good idea to run to Walmart and buy one. Finally, I was successful, and we went off, our studies abandoned, on the table. 
college priorities at its finest. Like, can I just say, if you buy a Ouija board from Walmart, you deserve to get possessed. Yeah, that's a good start. Like, come on. After our Walmart trip, we got back to my apartment and opened the box. We spared no expense. It was a glow-in-the-dark special edition. All right. Talk about if you're gonna go top, if you're gonna go top shelf. Is that top shelf? Uh, I guess that's Walmart. yeah, yeah. Anything that glows in Walmart is probably like yeah, top shelf. Glow-in-the-dark potpourri. It's. I like the next one. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, no. Talk about class. Oh. <laughs> I lost my place for a moment. Uh, Liz looked like she was about to piss her pants as I explained to her how to put your fingers on the pointer. We lit some candles and turned off all the lights. Okay, so just ask whatever. I said, secretly smirking. How do you, how do you secretly smirk? Like, there is no such thing. If someone can see you smirk... You're either smirking or... Yeah, like, it's not... <laughs> it, it, it's like those evil Disney cartoon characters when they do something bad and they look at the camera. Like, you know, you can't see my face, but everyone can tell you're not being sneaky. Okay, so just ask whatever. Like what? She asked. <laughs> I don't know, something fun, like, when am I going to die? How is that fun? Oh! <laughs> like, <laughs> I when is knowing you're going to die fun? I you're, agree with you. What the fuck? <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> I got my own theory already formulating right now. I like it. Yeah, um, I don't know, something fun. Like, when am I going to die? Or something. This is always one of my favorite questions for people to ask. Because while pushing the pointer, I could really freak them out. I don't want to know that. Damn. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed, but went with it. I suggested just trying to open our minds and see who would come through. Phrasing. I was already planning to have JFK come through. Not many of my friends know that I'm a huge JFK buff. What? A huge JFK buff. So I usually creep them out with the amount of knowledge the ghost of JFK knows about this assassination and whatnot. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's fucking stupid. I like to... Yeah, he sounds like a horrible friend. One. I just love the idea of him, like, sitting there with the girl and having to go... Okay, okay, okay. Who, who could I... Yeah, of course. That's an easy... J... Um... H... Do you think he spelled it all? I, I would just do J. Okay, but I mean, this guy obviously <laughs> isn't so bright. So. <laughs> no, it's just like, like, yeah, obviously that's yeah, that's the but joke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably just yeah. Uh, but also, that's such a weird thing for like yeah. a high school college kid to be into. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, that's so, really like, fucking awkward. His head just did that. <laughs> Sometimes you think real hard about shit. Anyway, uh, we put our fingers on the pointer and nothing happened. I was letting the tension grow before I started pushing. It's always better to start a show. Well, it's always better to start slow. All of a sudden, the pointer started to move, and I wasn't pushing it for once. You can't push it! I yelled at her. Talk about the <laughs> Talk about the pot called the kettle black. I didn't want her to ruin my plan. I've not! Liz shouted back. Well, obviously you are, because I'm not. Aren't the ghosts supposed to move it? She asked. I guess she got me there. I just sat back, shut up, and watched the pointer move. I was convinced she was moving it. 
She had to be. That bitch. She fucking got up. She pretended like she didn't know. There was no way a ghost was communing with the. Com that was also an acceptable word, though. Communing is also. There was no way the ghost was communicating with us through a glow-in-the-dark spirit board that I bought from Walmart for $17.99. After a few minutes, we got a message. I. M. S. S. U. L. I. Z. Miss you, Liz. I miss you, Liz. <laughs> I miss you, girl. Baby, not I got a Anyway, uh, my bad. I just had to break out. It's our yeah. no, we do that. It's a musical episode. It's our. Uh, we always, we've we've joked about songs in the in the backgrounds of your other scenes all the time. Oh my God! Yeah. Hall notes, DMX. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Fun episodes. Yeah. Uh, understandably, Liz was a bit freaked out at the at the spirit knew her name. I was too, but I just kept telling myself she was moving it, whether it be subconsciously or not. We kept going. I. N e d, the number two. S-E-E-U-G-I-N-S-O-O-N I need to see you again soon. What does that... They even fucking type like someone in the AOL chat. Yeah, they do. That's what I like the most. Dude, oh my god. What you does know that this... mean? What does that mean? That means that demon lizard spirit or whatever has <laughs> got no pants on right now, sweetie. No pants. I need to see you again soon. Chris, what? Chris Hansen is gonna like step in at some point in the story and just be like, "Sorry, ghost, sit down." I don't think ghosts will even accept cookies. Mm. You can try. That's a good point. Yeah. Chris Valley Hansen, enough. Ghost hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch. I would that. watch that, Chris. <laughs> instead of like, what was the, the show? What was the show he was on? Dateline. Yeah. Ghostline. Yeah. Done. <laughs> and it, you know those uh, those ghost hunting shows where we're like, show yourself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to call it. He would just be like, uh, go, obviously, uh, ghost hunters or ghost adventures. Um, I recently watched a documentary. Um, was it Demon House? Oh boy. It was really bad. It was about the ghost hunter guy inheriting a uh, a ghost filled house. And it was really bad. Uh, that that guy has serious issues. Yeah, he should just. He takes his anger out on things. That he ends the documentary there. saying that he now has to wear glasses for the serious haunt he had. It's really fucked. I don't know. I said, and honestly, meant when I said, I had no idea what was going on. I hate to admit it, but I was starting to get freaked out. The Ouija board never worked for me before. You're moving it! She yelled, shrilly. No, I'm not, I swear. And I did swear. Fuck. <laughs> I wasn't moving it for once in my life. Fuck. Yes, you are. She kept insisting. She kept insisting I was moving it, but we kept going. What? You're fucking stupid. The pointer stopped moving for a few minutes. I was intrigued, yet scared. I wanted to see what else it would do. But I was afraid of what I'd find out. 
Finally, getting a bit impatient, I asked the first question of the night. Who is this? What do you want? I A M W I L L. Hello. Fuck, I'm not reading. Liz, I still love you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it why it said uh, hello out of. Well, because on the board there's like hello, goodbye, yes, no. Oh, I didn't and know then that. The numbers, okay, yeah. yeah, I haven't. I don't. I don't really know mm. anything about the Ouija boards because I don't give a shit. You know. So what? so okay, it yeah. goes over hello at one point and then right. it says L I Z I S T I L L O V E U. So I am Will. Hello, Liz. I still love you. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Liz looked like she was going to lose her dinner all over the board. Who's Will? I asked. Seriously? Are you moving it? She responded in a thin whisper. No, I told you I wasn't. Who the fuck is Will? He's my ex, who killed himself after we broke up. Really, are you moving it? Because this isn't funny. I tried to convince her that I wasn't, but she didn't believe me. She just sat there looking like, excuse the pun, she had just seen <laughs> <laughs> like she had just seen she had just seen a ghost <laughs> oh god I suggested we quit listen Liz obviously this is upsetting to you let's just stop and no I need to know if he's okay she said with a determined look on her face well, I have to make sure that it's not just you pushing it and fucking with me after a bit of discussion we decided that uh, I would keep my fingers on the pointer keep my head down and not look. Man, this guy's about to get cucked by a ghost. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's like texting her ex. No, she is. He's, he's third He's third wheeling to a fucking... Oh my god. To a fucking ghost. I'm uh, telling you, next message is gonna be, y'all cucking? Anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, you up? <laughs> W-I-D. Yo, you up? Are you down? Yeah. Uh, you know Ouija boards in the future are going to include emojis. I would love that. There's no way they can't. It's part of the human fucking... Anyway. Uh, I agreed and sat there, feeling more and more uneasy. I put my head down and closed my eyes, trying to focus all of my energy on what the hell Ghost Will needed to maybe bring some closure to Liz. After about a minute of sitting there with my head down and my eyes closed, I started to go cold all over. It was unlike any other feeling of cold I've ever had. The only way to describe it is that my bones were cold, and it was chilling me from the inside out. I tried to brush it off. Maybe there's a draft coming in from the cool spring air outside. Then, without warning, my head, for lack of a better term, exploded with all the gruesome images I couldn't control. It was like... If any single irrational, irrational fear I had throughout the course of my life multiplied its intensity by a thousand and slammed into my brain at the same time, it seemed only to last for a second and a year at the same time. But regardless of however long it was, every single image was burned in my head. I jerked away from the table trying not to scream. What's wrong? Liz sassed, smiling at me. What the fuck was she smiling about? I don't know what- Why are you smiling at me? What the fuck is so funny? 
I could barely contain myself. Deep down, I knew I was acting crazy, but I couldn't help it. Nothing's funny. I'm just smiling because I had the nicest conversation with Will. He doesn't blame me. What the hell do you mean? I snapped. It's only been like a fucking minute since we started. What is his face? Scrunched up in confusion. What do you mean? I've been talking to Will for at least two hours. What? Uh, fuck. Needless to say, I was a little bit creeped out. Okay. More than a little bit creeped out. I was terrified. I threw that damn board back in the box as quick as I could and blew out all the candles. I shoved my box into the closet as far back as it could go. I don't want to look at it anymore. I announced abruptly that I was going to drive Liz home and open the door without trying to hurry her. Yeah, now he's not going to get any. Yeah. I just got to say, that's not how you get... You don't keep the board. Oh, Kid, no, no, no. Yeah. You, you burned it. PSA, kids. Take your Ouija board when you're done with it, cut it up into six pieces, salt it, and burn it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's real good. And then bury it in six different places mm. in the woods. And uh, uh, in only the, you can prevent per forest fires and possession. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the daytime. Yeah. But obviously, don't sleep. Yeah. Don't just, you know, do Ouija shit and go to bed. You fucking no. moron. Anyway. <laughs> It was definitely out of character. She obliged, however, uh, and we got into the car. The whole five-minute drive seemed like an eternity. I swear I could see things on the side of the road, but at second glance, they weren't there. Images I had seen of my baby sister mutilated and whatnot from that weird trance, like a dream. I had started to shimmer in the corners of my eyes. I swerved about a million times, thinking I was going to hit one of these things, and nothing was there. And by the time we got to her apartment, Liz looked at me like I was crazy. You sure you're okay? Yeah, just get out of the damn car already. I snapped back at her, surprising myself with how mean I was being. Though I fully admit to fucking with these people while using Ouija boards, I'm really a nice person. I mean, you have no... No. There's no evidence to that. I'm a nice person, I swear. You got all dickish and who moved Ouija board planchettes, so you're probably getting what you deserve, and fucking... You get all mad and pissy when... Your girl tries to text her ex when it's obviously over, and you and get all... it comes back to haunt you. I mean, let's you know that that point isn't necessary. <laughs> I mean, what sure. playing is happening because you know he's all salty because she's talking to her ex right now. You're the one who fell asleep, my guy. Anyway, Liz asked, and I sped away, uh, eager to get to the safety of my apartment. When I opened the door, I noticed two things right away. It was about 30 degrees in the apartment, and all the blinds and curtains were wide open. I was confused, but I tried not to let my mind wander. I shut all the curtains and cranked the heat. It was April, so it wasn't freezing outside, but it wasn't hot either. Normal springtime weather. After shutting all the blinds and whatnot, I sat on the couch and tried to turn off the lamp, but the light went on and then popped off. I again tried to shake it off as a shitty coincidence. Then I changed the light bulb once turned on again. Pop! Out again. I went to go turn on the overhead light instead. All three bulbs yeah, no. popped off. No, no, no. no. At now the you're same out. Time. Now you're outside. Where the fuck are you gonna run to with this? With this? Like where? I don't know. I'm just not staying there. True. I get that. Yeah. No. I, I believe you. <laughs> Dude, fuck, man. Like, there ain't nowhere to go. You're gonna get hit by a car in the street and try to run anywhere. That's a good point. At this point, I was basically pissing my pants. I was so scared, but uh, I tried to remain as calm as I could. It wasn't easy. Let me tell you. I grabbed as many blankets as I could and sat on the couch in the dark living room. 
I was about to, I was going to turn off, I was going to light the candles uh, we had used when we used the board, but I didn't want anything related to that fucking thing around me. I turned on the television and blared it, hoping that I could just attribute any noise and flash of something in the corner of my eyes to the television. You know, you've done it too. No, I haven't done it. I haven't either. Like, I see some weird shit. I'm fucking... I'm out. Either out or I'm Skyping if I can't leave. Like, someone's gonna watch. Everyone's gonna be... There is gonna be, like, evidence. Okay. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work. I was just starting to doze off when this loud beeping woke me up. It sounded like the worst alarm clock ever. It was coming from the closet where I'd thrown the Ouija board. I slowly went over opened the door. Out fell an old alarm clock. I think it was my roommate's. I hope it was my roommate's. It was blaring uncontrollably. I hurriedly shut the door so the Ouija board would stay in there and started looking at the clock to turn it off. Not only were there no batteries in it, nor was it plugged in anywhere, but the time flashing on the clock was 4.16am. My birthday, hence the username. What the fuck? Needless to say, I threw that thing quite far and broke it into a million little pieces. I wish it had stopped there. I really do. But little did I know, that was just the warm-up, so to say. The opening act to a three-act shit show that has become my life. But we're gonna do it in two. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to go to work right now, or I would tell you more, though I hope it's enough to convince everyone never to fuck. Yeah, you didn't convince me not to fuck with a Ouija board. Ouija never, boards ever, did. Never, ever fuck with a Ouija board. Like, why would you ever, ever, ever fuck with a Ouija board? <laughs> like, yeah. So that was the end of part one. What did you think of part one? Part one leads me to believe that this guy's a dick. He's stupid. And I... <sighs> There's just some things you don't do if you watch. Yeah. If you've seen just one horror movie, even if you haven't, if you grew up with superstitious parents, there's just some shit you don't do. Yeah. And why would you keep the fucking Ouija board? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. some great memories. We tossed in the. No. I want to say, like, I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt so far and be like, all right, you know, literally... lots of rookie mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can only get to, like, college in life with being. So common sense mm -hmm. smart. And no one no one without college sense smart is in college. Mm -hmm. So I, I at least I, I think these that. people are in college. Yeah, he said he was. And I know that's a vague generalization, so of course there's an outlier, but I I don't think we can attribute that to the um to the story really. It's you, just like it's it's like how far would you find yourself in this same situation? And still be letting it happen or, you know, exist around you. Like, how? Mm -hmm. Plus, first no. of all, the gall, the fucking human hubris that you have to have to move a planchette and then feel Multiple like, times. yeah, and then feel like, oh, yeah, I'm the all, I'm so original. I'm the, I'm the only person that. who's doing like, you're not the, you probably, how do you know you're the one doing it? How do you know? <laughs> and then now you're just signing yourself up for some bullshit. Yeah. And what I, what I love about this story, what it brings up, though, um, is the initial feeling during the uh, the Ouija fiasco, as he's yeah. calling it. The description of feeling cold in his bones. Yeah. Now, I have, I have interest in, like, uh, Qigong. Um, sure. And uh, embryonic breathing and meditation. Nice. And um, one of the things about that is Qi... 
is produced in a lot of ways, but it's really important keeping your body youthful and strong yeah. and also in a lot of Qigong practices to breathe in such a way that you lead your chi from your joints into the inside of your bone. It's called like a bone marrow cleaning technique. But anyway, I digress. Like bringing that energy into you, like en- en- energy is tangible and, and, and felt and perceivable. And so when he feels that coldness go into his bones, I just feel like that's what it feels like when someone slips inside of you. Yeah. Phrasing. Yeah. No, but you're right. It's like she she said we've been talking for two hours and and I had a great conversation. And it's just like, yeah, you were just turned into the conduit. It wasn't just the piece anymore. It was the the line was so tangible. Mm-hmm. At that moment, and you are completely unaware. And you completely invited and let something in. You might letting your By head down. That, yes. And just being like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's like I'll just not stop. reading the terms and conditions of And just clicking agree. Yeah. And it's like... Just clicking agree. That's where it fucks you. Like one, in... 1%. Like, a great example, I think, um, when telemarketers or people in sales or whatever, or businessmen, like, when you, when you get a call about them, they ask you... Uh, the agreement, like, hey, do you give us consent to talk about the other products our company's offer before we begin? Like, yeah, you do. All right, cool, I'm in. Now I can fucking talk about anything. I can look into your account. You said you gave me the consent. <laughs> like, you said we can talk about other products. We're going to talk about the products you called for, but I'm also going to try to pitch you some other shit because yeah. you invited me in and I'm here now. You can't uninvite me. <laughs> yeah, that's a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be part two of I think eleven parts and we're gonna we're gonna do seven today. After the initial Ouija board fiasco, like I said, I went home and shit started getting real. First night Yeah, right. Tell me why so (laughs) that first night, the temperature in my apartment dropped to about thirty degrees. All of the blinds and curtains were open Every single light bulb burned, and a random clock radio with no batteries or plug started beeping for no reason, with the time displayed as 4.16am, which is, coincidentally, my birthday, Lisa. (laughs) Ever since we stopped doing the Ouija. I'm still doing the Ouija to this day. I'm going to do a little bit of more Ouija. He needs to make a horror movie, though. Just gotta say, like, Tommy Wiseau, if you... Did you you probably that, are uh, listening to this. Did you see that uh, little clip released recently? Where, where he was the Joker? Where he was the Heath yeah. Ledger Joker? Oh, yeah. I fucking loved it. It was beautiful and glorious. Ever since we stopped doing the Ouija, I kept seeing horrible, gruesome images flashing in my head and in my peripheral vision. I was uncharacteristically mean and angry to Liz, my friend, with whom I did the Ouija board with. It was really crazy. So, starting with where I left off, I was sitting on the couch in my apartment with ten blankets on and the TV blaring so I could attribute any noise or flash of light that instead of the paranormal. The gruesome thoughts kept flashing in my head, things like my sister being mutilated, my mother hanging from the rafters, and all kinds of horrific things. I was starting to think I was losing my mind. After a lot of internal fighting with myself, should I? Yes, I should. No, you shouldn't. You're imagining this. I decided to text Liz 
to see if I could come over to her apartment to hopefully feel a bit safer and get some sleep. I pulled out my cell phone, and there on the screen was a text from Liz. Can you come over? I'm really freaked out. Thank God. I texted quickly as I threw on my shoes that I'd be right over. The five-minute drive was, as it had been right after the Ouija board, scary as hell. I kept thinking I saw stuff on the side of the road and would swerve to avoid it, nearly going into the other lane of traffic. But when I looked back, there was nothing there. Longest five-minute drive in my life, I swear. It was like the time I, uh, I did mushrooms, and I, like, I was sitting in my apartment at one point, and I turned to my friends, and I was like, I'm hungry, and then I blinked, and next thing I know, I'm in my fucking car. Oh, shit. Mid-drive, like about to pull into a sheets and I'm like yo nice sheets so I got food and I got back in my car and next thing I know I'm sitting in my fucking bedroom eating fried food that is terrifying it's not see I don't attribute it to like a blackout or lost time I attribute it to autopilot yeah that my brain was (laughs) tripping the fuck out Uh and so in order to keep me safe and compact. Yeah. And normal. Not overreacting. And, and working. I went on autopilot and just did the drive to do the drive. And, yeah. it, and it was a, it was not a five minute drive. Mm-hmm. It was maybe like a 15 minute drive. My brain was just like, all right, My so to save ourselves, let's just flip <laughs> this on real quick. Uh, longest five minute drive of my life, I swear. I got to Liz's house and went up and knocked. No one answered. I knocked again, getting a little nervous. With as crazy as that night has been. I didn't know what to expect. Again, no one answered. I finally knocked. No, I knocked again, louder this time. I was getting desperate. Finally, I heard someone walk down the steps to the front door, and there was Liz, half asleep in her pajamas, looking very confused. Hey, what's up? she asked. You told me to come over, I said. What? When? I showed her the text I received. She looked at it much more closely than I had. This isn't my number, she said. What? This isn't my number. It's my name and picture, but not my number, she said. Well, whose number is it, I asked, getting more and more nervous. Someone would have had to physically get my phone to enter in a number, save it under Liz's name, and find a picture to attach to the contact. Okay, can I just say... Yeah. For all of our scumbag listeners out there who, like, yeah, cheat on their girlfriends, yeah, this is a really good tactic. Pay attention. The other chick, just save it as your girl's name and put her picture on it. When she glances at her phone, she sees herself. She's like, oh, that's, <laughs> wow. But you're not texting me right now. <laughs> just hope she glances and <laughs> doesn't pay attention. Liz looked at the number again. Then I watched the color drain out of her face. What? I asked. No, it couldn't be, she said as she pushed the callback button to, I guess, debunk whose number she thought it was. I pushed the speaker dial button. Hey, this is Will. Sorry I missed your call, but please leave a message and I'll get back to you soon. Thanks. Liz dropped the phone. I wanted to kick it out the door. We were both pretty much crying at this point. Well, crying isn't the right word. We were pretty much hysterical. What the hell is going on, Liz cried once she could regain some composure. I just shook my head, too scared to speak. We went up the stairs to the living room area, weirdly laid out attic apartment, and sat in a pensive silence. Finally, Liz spoke. I think we should pray. Now, I was brought up Catholic, but definitely wasn't practicing at the time, nor do I 
really know if I believed anymore. Praying was not my first answer in any situation, but I figured why the hell not. Liz, on the other hand, was a pretty hardcore Lutheran. She pulled out a Bible and said that sometimes she just leaves through it and picks a passage at random and takes it kind of as sort of advice or comfort from God. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. So she starts thumbing through the Bible while muttering the All Father. She starts, or she stops, suddenly, moved by the Lord, and reads, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Peter 5.8 What. The. Fuck. So yeah, needless to say, her Bible idea didn't really help matters. The rest of the night, we stayed awake together, huddling on the couch and jumping at every sound. At one point, we heard this weird scratching noise coming from the slanted roof. Liz said it was probably a squirrel or something. Yeah, no. As daylight finally came, I was tired as hell but too afraid to go back to my apartment. Throughout the night, those visions would come and go, along with weird noises and bumps. Finally, I bit the bullet and went back to my place. Liz offered to go, but I could tell she was just saying that to be nice. I wouldn't want to go either, if I didn't have to. So I get back to my apartment and stopped at the front door to grow some proverbial balls, so to say. I took a deep breath and opened the door. Again, it was about 30 degrees and all the blinds curtains were wide open. I closed them and went back to my room, being careful to walk on the other side of the halls the closet I threw the Ouija board in. I wasn't going near that thing ever again. Then how are you going to get rid of it? Yeah, like... Pony up. Come on. As I walked down the hall, the flashes of those images started up again, and I could hear whispers of conversations. At least I told myself they were conversations, though to be honest, they sounded like people screaming in agony. Yeah, just your average conversation. As I opened the door to my room, my jaw literally dropped. I'm a big theater buff, and I had decorated my room with vintage theatrical posters. Because of the rental agreement, none were nailed into the wall. I had to use sticky tack. All of the posters were attached to the wall, but they were all upside down. All of them. They were in the same places, just turned upside down. I quickly shut the door, probably stupidly thinking that I was just so tired and delusional that when I opened the door, everything would be the right way. I opened the door again. <laughs> no. All upside down. I don't know why. After all that had happened, I couldn't accept that something was fucking with me. I called my roommate, who had gone home for spring break early, and asked her if she had stopped back to the apartment and went to my room. She hadn't. Shit. I spent about an hour taking down all the posters and putting them back on the wall right side up. Towards the end of the task, I started getting angry. How dare something fuck with me? How dare they come into my room and vandalize it? I could feel my anger get out of control, which was totally out of character. I'm a pretty chill person, but in the last 18 hours I had been acting like I was on steroids and had a roid rage or something. As I put the last poster back up on the wall, I marched down to the closet and grabbed the Ouija board out. It was a stupid cardboard plank. Just a stupid cardboard plank. I tried to break it over my knee. Nope. It didn't even bend. I grabbed a steak knife from the kitchen and started sawing into the sides. I barely scratched the surface. I took the stupid glow-in-the-dark pointer thing outside and put it in the parking lot. I then started my car and drove over it. Then I hit reverse, then I drove over it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. No damage in the plastic, for God's sake. How did it not crush under the weight of my car? 
Later that day, I went back over to Liz's place because I couldn't stand being in mine anymore. We decided to cook some dinner and just relax. We didn't once bring up the Ouija board or anything paranormal. It was difficult, let me tell you, because the squirrel was busy scratching the whole damn roof off within ten, with about ten of his friends. It sounded like nails on a chalkboard to me. Nonetheless, we tried our best to ignore it. When the pebbles started hitting the window, we had a bit harder time ignoring things. Things were escalating. Like I said, Liz had an attic apartment that was four stories up. That's one hell of a throw. We finally got through dinner, and the images started getting worse. I tried to ignore them, along with scratching and the pebbles periodically hitting the windows. Now it was all of the windows, not just one. Every few seconds, a pebble would hit the window to my right, then literally two seconds later, one would hit the window on the complete opposite side of their house. My head was pounding from all the images, the sounds, and the lack of sleep. I went to go wash the dishes from dinner. I remember walking over to the sink in the kitchen. The next thing I knew, I was sitting on the couch with Liz standing over me, looking terrified. What happened, I asked. My head was quieter now, thankfully. You don't remember? She whispered, visibly shaking. No. It took me a while to get it out of her, apparently. I was at the sink and turned to her with this as she puts it creepy smile and dead eyes and started splashing water at her, screaming, the power of Christ compels you over and over while laughing. I swear to God, I don't even remember the damn thing. To this day, I still don't remember anything. It is completely gone from my memory. I apologized profusely, obviously, and felt so ashamed and embarrassed I told her I had to go and left. I couldn't believe I would do something like that, and the fear in her eyes when she looked at me was hell for my guilt. I didn't know where to go after I left, so I ended up driving around for a few hours. Every once in a while, I'd see flashes out of the corner of my eyes and started swerving again. Eventually, a cop pulled me over. They thought I was drunk. I tried to explain I wasn't, but I couldn't very well tell them I was seeing random hallucinations of death and destruction out of the corner of my eyes. I told them I was just tired and apologized. They ended up breathalyzing me, but I, not being drunk, oh, how I wish I were drunk, passed. The cop then said he would drive behind me to make sure I got home safely. Looking back, it was a very nice gesture, and I appreciate his concern, but at the time, I was just pissed that I had to go back to my apartment from hell. Literally. I pulled into the parking lot and waved at the cop. He just sat there, waiting for me to get out of the car and into my apartment. Great! So I begrudgingly went up to the walk and opened the door. Cold air greeted me, as did open blinds and curtains. Welcome home. Fuck my life. I went through the new ritual of shutting all the blinds and curtains and headed back to my room. I was so tired, I just wanted to sleep. I walked in and all the posters were upside down again. I was too tired to fix them. I just wanted to sleep. I threw a sweatshirt and sweatpants on and threw a million blankets on me. I just wanted to sleep. I put the TV on again so that all the noises could come from that and finally shut my eyes. The images were burned on my eyelids, but I did my best to ignore them. Finally, exhaustion won and I must have fallen asleep. When I woke up in the very early morning around 5 a.m., my whole body ached. I felt like I had been in a fight all night. Hell, even my hair hurt. I rolled out of bed and noticed the temperature was something normal. It gave me a little bounce in my step as I walked down to the bathroom. I did my business and then went to go brush my teeth in the mirror, and I couldn't hold back the scream. There were hand-shaped bruises on my neck, 
My eye was black and blue. I had a split lip. I lifted up my sweatshirt and there were bruises all over my chest and stomach. There were two grab marks on each arm, as if someone had been holding me down. There was blood under my nails. What the hell happened? So I just got that's the end of part two. I just got a few things to say that I like made note of as we were going through this. Yeah, man. Oh man, this guy's fucked, and he's dumb. It's that it sucks for him. <laughs> um, Those were exact thoughts I was having. Yeah, because um, like man, this dude's fucked, and he's making all the rookie fucking mistakes. Yeah, and I, I want to start out by saying. You were familiar with Tulpa, right? Tulpe? Tulpas? Yeah, yeah Tulpas. Um, Absolutely. Supernatural. Right. They had an episode on Supernatural. Oh, several. Oh, sweet. So, you know that there are basically powered up imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Now, they get their power from one person believing in them so fucking strongly, yep. almost religiously, that they exist and have influence over this world. Now imagine if two people try to make a Tulpa. And really were about it. Now imagine if four people tried to make one. Eight, 16, 12, you know, 12, 16. I mean, for, the, for the longest time, right. um, and, and this, is, this is why I'm bringing it up, uh-huh. um, people thought Slenderman was a tulpa. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the episode of Supernatural. It's the Slenderman episode. <clears throat> okay. Um, but... I mean, that's that's a completely different mythology for a completely right. different episode. But the idea of a tulpa is still like... Powered up imaginary friend, basically. A tulpa can be a god. Exactly the point I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So imagine if weekly, not 16, not 32, millions of people... Once a day, every week, at least once a day, for just calling energy to Goku to use from the spirit box. Like, fucking exactly, <laughs> and even go so far as a third of that population, yeah, communionizes every week and like con- <laughs> does goes through a fucking what they call a covenant and consumes the like goes through his whole blood ritual about yeah. this thing that this topic they've made. So. This Abrahamic god Tulpa is going to be pretty fucking strong, and the rules to using that power are going to be pretty fucking set in stone and not just by you. It's a pretty big deal. So the part where the chick is like, reading from the Bible, and he and the author is saying he's not that much into Catholicism anymore. He used to be. Not only are more, you already yeah. fucked because you signed into this agreement unwillingly, but you clicked agree anyway to this thing entering your body. You're already fucked one because of that. Mm-hmm. But two, the thing that is most canonic, like canonically used to push that back, yeah, to help you out, the thing that is most needed to help you out, you, you no you ha- longer believe in. Yeah, you know, and what's one of the biggest things, especially in Tulpas, is belief. Yeah, and so it's dealing with you. You're not. You're the one being fucked with, and you have no backup right now. Whereas her, I've noticed in the story, issues didn't start at her crib until he got there. Absolutely. She did not text him. Absolutely. Now that shit's happening to him. No, this is happening to him. He went, and we're watching this fucking... He opened a gate. Right. We're watching this being that walked through steadily gain more and more power. Like, first of all, with yeah, the fucking... Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this isn't Will, is it? Not if they had a good conversation. I think, it, I think the vague understanding uh-huh. that I've gotten is, like, he opened a floodgate. 
Well, it could be. He's fucked with this system for so long. That too. Who's to, who's to say, insidious wise, something mm-hmm. just honed in on it? What if being there turned Will into something a little worse, though? If it is Will, That's I true. can completely understand him wanting to come That's back true. and wanting his girlfriend. I just don't back. understand how Liz could say they had a wonderful two hour conversation if. Because it's hurting him, it's not hurting her. Well, she probably had a wonderful conversation, and Will probably had a wonderful conversation. He's oh, like, you think this Will, boyfriend sucks. I'm going to come get my girl Will's back. going to fuck this guy up? I mean... You think Will's going to ruin his life? Okay. I like wasn't we, thinking yeah. of it as, like, a jealousy thing. I was thinking of it as, like, a vengeful spirit thing. Right. Well, like, I kind of see it, like, um, before before we started recording. Yeah. Before yeah. we started recording, we were talking about... Um, <laughs> we Even though we take things of life for granted, like eating, fucking, and feeling things, like the physical pleasures of being in this three-dimensional reality, someone who was there and is not there anymore probably misses it a whole lot more than we do. Misses it on a fundamental feeling, on a fundamental level. Makes because they have Right, because they have no nerve endings. Yeah. They have nothing to experience, yeah. you know, pleasury, like, sensory pleasures with. And so not having that and being stuck there and stagnating in a place probably makes you quite bitter. And... He might have picked up on, oh, in order to even affect people, have to get, have to get them open, have to impress them so there's, there's, there's actually something to inhabit long term. This is a classic, in my opinion, case of oppressions, like breaking down the door that so you and your homies can walk up in this house and do whatever. Yep. Absolutely. That's this my is, this is uh, This is going to be part... Three and I think wow. we're just I think we're just gonna do six. I think each of us should do three because we're getting up there in time. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Um, shit was definitely getting real. Shit was definitely getting real. He's waking up with bruises. Like this has gone from a whole another level from switching over posters because that takes probably a shit ton of energy right there, now, not to physically root them out, but like unmatches yeah. changing. Now it's like not a, only put the, like now it's um it's gone from moving posters to making scratching noises. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's now Tyler Durden. It's, He's getting him involved in shit. Yeah. Steadily it's, getting it's worse. Fucking him up. And more powerful and more control over his life and body. He but might just be schizophrenic. He might just be. No, that doesn't explain the pebbles. Yeah. Well, it doesn't knows. say that his girlfriend noticed him. She said it said that she was trying to ignore it. They were both trying oh, to ignore interesting. it. Interesting. Interesting. So it could, it could be. all be in his head. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a fun twist? Because all she's seen from him. Is him put his head down. Ouija board. Oof. Yeah. Oof. So. It's like a bad joke. Oof. Oof. Anyway, shit was definitely getting real. I woke up with bruises all over. <laughs> Thank you. I woke up with bruises all over my body. <laughs> my head would fill with the most gruesome images imaginable. I would see similar images out of the corner of my eyes. My apartment temperature wouldn't go higher than 40, even with two space heaters and the furnace on full blast in April. All of my posters would magically turn upside down on the walls. The blinds and curtains would be wide open. I would black out and say creepy things to my best friend, totally out of character. And it all started with the damn Ouija board. Again, with the cold. Something wrong with your chi, homie. Yeah. Night after night, it was the same. I would wake up terrified, feeling unseen hands holding me down. Sometimes, the bumps in the night and the screams would be too distinct to blame on the TV. I always kept on. Again, getting horrible sleep, because this thing is forcing you to have horrible sleep patterns. Oof. When I could sleep, 
nightmares would be be a constant presence. Many of them would just be the horrible images I'd see when I was awake, but sometimes they were a bit more real. <laughs> One night I dreamed about my friend Liz, she and I did the Ouija board together. In the dream, she was laying in her bed and I just saw this creepy looking man in the, sitting in the chair next to her bed, just watching her sleep. His features were very distinct. Dark hair, dark eyes, dark goatee, a very fucking angular sharp face. Mm-hmm. He just sat there watching her like a creeper. And he turned his head towards me, stared right at me. His eyes turned red. Bad news. And he let out this bone-chilling scream which woke me out of the dream. As usual, I had new bruises on my forearms and legs. The next day, I was struggling to stay awake. I went to go visit with Liz. Before I could say anything, Liz started talking about a dream she had the night before. She said that she dreamt that she heard her front door open and someone was walking up the steps. In her dream, she was paralyzed and couldn't even open up her eyes to see what was going on. She heard the person turn the corner, turn the corner and creep into her room. She could hear him breathing deeply. Then she heard him sit down on the chair next to her bed. Then it seemed like hours just laying there and listening to the stranger breathe. Then all the per- then all of a sudden the person just started screaming and she was able to open her eyes. The man sitting in her chair had dark red eyes, dark hair, and a dark goatee. Samesies! Yeah, right. It was the same guy from my dream. Oh my god, we both had our dream boys. Oh my god. They truly are best friends. We tried to figure out what it all meant, and uh, pretty much came up with nothing. Idiots! I mean, obviously something paranormal. Perhaps even demonic was screwing with us. We decided that we would go to church that following Sunday and see if it helped at all. Honestly, alright. I'll pause and say that's probably... I'm not even, like, into church or into organized religion, but that's probably the best idea he's had, and it's because of this. This thing so far has been attempting and successfully isolating it from people. Now the thing that I find, what I feel like most people nowadays even go to church for, is a part of it's probably the community. I mean, church people rally around people in, in, in churches when they've been going there for a while and know each other. Humans, we don't really stand up to predators very well by ourselves. Like historically, we do much better against like against a pack of wolves when there are more of us and then like one or two of us trying to you know absolutely so that's probably alright good finally a fucking smart move go around people lots of people they have chi you, you're this kind of shit right now like, yeah specifically when they all believe in something that you need to desperately believe in to help you with your situation yeah, yeah. and then even say like hey man yeah, I got a fucking pest problem in my body can someone you know hook me up anyway um so we decided to go to church that's following Sunday and see if that helped at all. We also decided to go to the Christian bookstore in town and get a couple crosses to put around. Though I wasn't religious, I was open to anything at that point. The next few nights, it got so bad in my apartment that I started sleeping in my car. I still had horrible dreams and flashes, but at least I was warmer. And, uh, didn't wake up with as many bruises. On that Saturday, we drove into town to the Christian bookstore. We decided I'd get a crucifix necklace 
We both get crosses for our apartments. But I also want to get a Bible. Uh, Liz already had a crucifix. She only had a crucifix necklace uh, at her parents, and she was going to go get that, that later that day. Uh, we gathered our purchases and went down to the cash register. The lady at the register looked, you know, she looked kind of weird. But being a small college town in the boonies, most of the locals, they, they looked weird. She took our items and seemed to study them and stared at us with this unblinking, crazed look. Oh, such pretty crosses! Here, I'll hide them in this wrapping paper for you. Nice and tight. Oh, a Bible! I'll hide that too! I know it didn't seem all that creepy, but we were definitely spooked. One, this bitch looked crazy. Two, well, why did she say hide instead of rap or something like that? Yeah, our nerves were shot, but she was, she just creeped us out. They're getting smarter. I would be creeped by that too. I would be creeped out. Like, why the f who are you hiding it from, honey? Anyway. We decided to take the cross back to my apartment first, as, uh, as soon as we stepped onto the front walk, Liz doubled over. She said she felt like uh, she was gonna throw up. I had some Tums and Rolades up in my apartment, so uh, we kept going. Of course, as we went in, it was freezing, all the blinds were open, Liz looked green, she, uh, she ran to the bathroom and kept dry heaving. I grabbed the antacids and waited for her to come out. Finally, she came out, we put the cross in my room. I secretly wondered how long it would last, but, you know. As soon as he walked out of the apartment, Liz felt a hundred times better. She wasn't sick at all. Bruh. <laughs> and the fact, when I saw her dry, when I saw her, she was dry heaving, I was like, she's not throwing up anything, but she still got pain in her solar plexus in your fucking cold-ass, oppressive apartment. <laughs> the following day, we went to church. Uh, the previous night, I had once again slept in my car. I was tired. Drunk, drained, and uh, pretty damn depressed. I have to admit that, in uh, light of everything that was going on, I was a bit apprehensive to go to church. Stupid things uh, went through my head, like, what if I get hit by lightning or something? Needless to say, nothing happened while we were there. I dropped Liz off and went back to my apartment. As soon as I shut the door, I felt my necklace go tight around my neck. I pulled it down and tried to convince myself it got caught on my hoodie. I knew it very well had it but it kept me calm when I was delusional. I turned on all the space heaters, in vain, to try to warm it up and uh, shut all the blinds. I went to my room to get some of the books to take to my car to study, and I realized the, car the cross wasn't where we had left it on the wall. I looked all over the room. All the posters were there, albeit upside down, but the cross was nowhere to be found. I kept looking and looking, and right when I was about to give up, I heard a huge bang coming from the closet in the hall where we had thrown the Ouija board. I walked slowly to the closet telling myself I was stupid for even going near it, but like, I was compelled to look. I slowly opened the door, and there, stick-tacked to the inside of the closet door, was the cross, upside down. I went to grab it, and it was hot as fire. I couldn't hold it in my hand, it was so hot. Just then, my necklace got pulled again, and all the blinds shot up at once. I never actually seen them open on their own. They just be open when I woke up and got home. I couldn't breathe. I kept clawing at the necklace, trying to get it to loosen, and all of a sudden the chain broke and fell to the ground. I can hear someone or something screaming. Oof. The closet door slammed shut, then opened, then slammed again. Then the door to my room slammed, and I could hear paper being ripped. My poster's on the wall. 
the images uh, started up again, but they seemed to be right there in the hallway, not just in my mind. I ran out of the apartment without even shutting the door and flew over to Liz's house. I think she took one look at me and knew shit was going down. She ran upstairs, called a friend of her who went to a nearby Catholic university. She recommended a priest who was about an hour from us who specialized in demonology. Liz called him up and explained everything that was going on, and uh, she told him all about the Ouija board. And Will and me, and the apartment. Everything. He said he could make it to our town in about an hour. It was the longest hour of my life. We waited in her apartment, not really talking. The squirrels were on the roof and in the walls, digging their way to freedom, apparently. It was so loud. The pebbles on the window started up again. There also seemed to be a lot of bees buzzing around her windows. We just sat there, silently praying, and me trying not to completely lose my shit. We both jumped when we heard a thud. The cross we had put near her front door just fell to the ground. Neither of us made any attempt to put it back. Finally, there was a knock on the door. Father Bob came. Father Bob, for real? This is Minnesota or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh, hey, Father Bob. Thanks oh, for hey stopping there, by. Father Bob. Yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate okay, it. Hey, Father Bob. Yeah, have a seat. Father Bob came in. And, uh,. He didn't really say much. He nodded to his both and started right, started right away with holy water. Good job, Bob. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, he really knows what he's doing, hey? So I guess that's Canadian. I fucked up there. <laughs> he then said a few prayers and performed the anointing of the sick on both of us. I know I was probably paranoid, but I could feel him watching me very closely with furrowed brows. He gave us both St. Michael medals to wear for protection. See, that's probably, like, real shit. He knows what he's doing. I hope this one doesn't try to strangle me, too. He then asked to go back to my apartment and, uh, to bless it and get rid of the board. Yeah. He's probably the only one who can actually break the fucking thing, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like breaking a deal. I was wondering, already, yeah. like, why they were trying to bless that place when all the shit has been happening with his. Oh, he probably just saw, like, yo, both of y'all are fucking sick. Yeah. Let's just... Some kind of, you know, emanating energy. Yeah. Bad thing. Yeah. It's like... If you have bed bugs, you're gonna gas your clothes and sure. then gas the apartment. That's a good. That's a good analogy. He then asked to go back to my apartment to bless it and get rid of the board. He told Liz to stay at her apartment for some reason and followed me back to mine. I think Liz was relieved she didn't have to go back there. She was convinced, and so was I, that it made her sick. As we walked to my apartment, Father Bob proceeded to vomit all over the walkway. I rushed over to see if he was okay, and he just held up his head and kept going. He threw it one more time, right near the door. When I opened the door, I could barely breathe. But when I did breathe, I could see my breath. The outside temperature was in the 60s, but the apartment was freezing. He immediately put on his stole and started splashing holy water all over the place, murmuring prayers in Latin. The horrific images took over my mind, and it was all I could do to stay somewhat aware of what was going on. I could see Father Bob stop near the closet with the Ouija board, as if he knew it was in there, but kept walking around the place, splashing holy water everywhere. I could hear distant screams and wails. It was terrifying. After finally going through three bottles of holy water, he came over to me, prayed over me in Latin. I can't say for sure if it was an exorcism, but it was definitely some hardcore praying. He went on for about an hour. His hands were over my head, Latin spilling out of his mouth. Sometimes when the images in my, in my head would get all would get worse, I swear he somehow sensed it 
and would talk louder with more authority. Finally, he finished praying over me and asked if the Ouija board was in the closet. I nodded, scared to go in there again. He went over to the door, threw it open, took the board out of the box, and started to pray. All the blinds came crashing down, blocking out the afternoon sun. It didn't seem the face, Dr. Bob. Father Bob. Sorry. Whoop. But I, uh, pretty much pissed my pants. And he pulled out a fourth bottle of holy water and started splashing it on the board. Everywhere the holy water hit the board turned red. And I'm not going to say for sure it was blood red or anything like that. I was on the other side of the room. But it was definitely red. This was the only time Father Bob seemed to falter. The only time he was surprised, so to say. But he kept going, praying and splashing. Just praying and splashing. Uh, after about ten minutes he stopped. He turned and looked at me. Oh, okay, so, uh, it looks like this isn't working. I'm going to have to go to take this home with me and dispose of it. Please, please take it. I don't want it here anymore. I basically sobbed. He wrapped a stole around it, put it in his bag along with the pointer thing and the box. As he went to leave, he turned to me and blessed me one more time. Then he looked me straight in the eyes, grabbed my shoulder tightly. Oh, I thought this was a dude this whole time. It's okay. I got the context that they were girls just pounding around. Slumber parties and whatnot. See, I wanted to believe I lived in a world where a college-aged guy and gal, like, just were, were friends platonically and hung out like that. I could tell you for weird. a fact that, uh, that I did that and I had a friend like that. Hell yeah. And then, uh, and she touched my dick. Oh. Yeah, and now we're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Man. I was happy and then... It's okay. <laughs> disappointed. I did have that relationship with the girl where it was just like we were real fucking cool with each other and we had dinner and it was just chill and we just went our own way and did our own shit mm -hmm. and talked about sex and you know... Yeah. And drugs. Anything. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. So um, anyway. Sarah. So Sarah, uh, sometimes when I come out to do blessings like this, uh, they get worse before they get better. This is going to be one of those times. When I have faith, it'll get better. I'm gonna, you know, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and with that, he was out the door. How the hell could things get worse? Yeah, it's a good ending for part three. Yeah. How the hell could things get worse? Well, you know, whenever anyone says that, <sighs> things get worse. The more we, like, go through this, the more it seems a lot. Like, it, it parallels an infestation in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I like that we came into this with you saying you wanted to do an exorcist story and this turned into an exorcist story. Yeah. Which I guess, like, it's not surprising. When you think about the worst way a Ouija board session can go, it's gonna, be a, it. it's gonna be a haunting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I totally expected, I guess, mm -hmm. at some point, but probably just didn't talk about it. Yeah. So, anyway, this is gonna be part four. My grades were complete crap. The show I was working on, I'm in theater was slowly becoming complete crap. My health was complete crap. Everything was one big crappy shit show. Father Bab was right. Things did get worse, and I wasn't sure I had the faith to believe it was going to get better. I wanted to die. I wanted to just end it so it would stop. The flashes in my head were getting more and more frequent. I would just be sitting there in class and bam, the images would hit me and I'd have to run out of the room. Thankfully, my professors didn't immediately fail me. Though, there wasn't much they could do about my work and test scores. Though it may not be as evident here, just writing to get my thoughts and memories out, not actually try to write a novel, 
I was a pretty damn good writer. Term papers and the like were my specialty. I used to write papers for people in my class for $10 a page and make a shitload of money. Now my papers sounded like a second grader wrote them. I guess writing papers in a car was not conductive to basic grammar and thought. I lost about 20 pounds. Yeah, good for you, man. I had bruises everywhere. My eyes were constantly bloodshot from lack of sleep. I'm sure I looked horrible. No, I know I looked horrible. I've since deleted and untagged all photos of me from that time on Facebook because I don't want people thinking I was in some sort of abusive relationship or some weird sex trade. You were in both of those things. Yeah, it was kind of both of those yeah, things. just spiritually, I guess. My roommate at the time eventually came home from break but was never at the apartment. She stayed at her boyfriend's place every night. We weren't that close, but we were still decent friends and lived together well. I tried to talk to her to see if she had experienced anything at the apartment, and she refused to talk to me. It came time for us to renew our lease, and she refused. I guess Liz, my friend who did the Ouija board with me, realized that I was sleeping in my car. She invited me over to her place one day, and there on the living room floor of her tiny attic apartment was an air mattress. She had asked her parents for one for her birthday. We share the same birthday, 416 the same number oh that was frozen on the clock that night it's crucial information and told me i was welcome anytime day or night i nearly cried from happiness and gratitude i couldn't help but feel responsible for everything well it's because you are i was the one who convinced her to do the ouija board i was the one who seemed to be the catalyst for all the shit to happen mm -hmm. i was the one who would randomly black out and say creepy things to poor liz i was the one who would go from a normal temperament to a raging bitch in 2.2 seconds. Mm -hmm. I was the one who would stop talking mid-sentence because I was overcome with horrible images. I was the one with no faith. I did this. I caused all of it. And there was Liz asking only for an air mattress on her birthday so that I could stay whenever I wanted. Liz is an amazing woman. Whereas my apartment got worse after Father Bob visited, Liz's got better. I actually felt safe there and found myself at her house every single night. I'm sure she got tired of me and, for that matter, was scared of me at times as well, but she never wavered in her friendship. One night for my 3D art class, I had to make a chair out of cardboard that was sturdy enough to bear my weight. It was one of the only times I was happy to have lost all the weight I did. <laughs> I decided I would layer cardboard so it would have the strength it would need. Here's what I was going for, but it didn't turn out like that at all. I could do the chair at Liz's apartment because it was too small and I knew it was going to be messy. She offered, plus her heart, but I told her I would be fine. Liz demanded that she came home and keep me company at my apartment while I did the chair. After some convincing, I agreed. Unfortunately, she couldn't get through the threshold without puking her guts out, so I sent her home. I turned on the TV and the space heaters and got to work. Things were actually going well. Nothing was happening, with the exception of freezing cold temperatures making my fingers numb. I would stop every few minutes and put my hands in front of the space heater, but I was more than willing to do that instead of whatever alternative that could happen. The chair wasn't turning out as cool as I wanted it to be, but I was still extremely proud of it so far. It was a personal victory, so to say, to be able to do anything in my apartment, let alone a massive undertaking like a cardboard chair. Though I'm very artistic and very crafty, exacto knives were my enemy. I can't cut a straight line to save my life. Nonetheless, it was close enough for my purposes. I was going to have a chair. I was going to have a chair that I could sit in. I was going to get an A and bring up my grade for at least one class. Then, suddenly, I woke up. I was on the floor in the living room. 
It took me a minute to get my bearings. The chair wasn't even started. There was a stack of cardboard up against the wall and I looked down and there was blood everywhere. There were cuts all over my right hand and both legs. In my left hand, I'm right-handed, was a bloody exacto knife. None of the cuts were deep or life-threatening, but there were enough. There was a decent-sized puddle of blood on the floor. The closet door was open, the same closet we had stored the Ouija board in. I was afraid to look in there in case the board magically reappeared. Father Bob took it. I ran into the bathroom to wash the cuts so I could get the fuck out of there as soon as possible and I turned on the light. Nothing. I looked like an idiot, started flipping the light, switching on off like it would help. Nothing. I kept doing it. Finally, the lights blinked on, but then abruptly off. Hopeful, I kept doing it. The lights flashed on and I stopped flipping the light switch. But the lights kept going on and off, on and off, on and off, faster and faster until it resembled a strobe light. Which is just like horror movie yeah. shit that you don't stick around for. Seriously, like, either A, when it, she was dreaming. Yeah. Because you can't, you have to be really good at lucid dreaming to turn on a light bulb in a dream. Or B, sure. she's just in a situation where nothing was fucking with that and you yeah. gotta leave. You and gotta I'm leave. I'm going with the ladder on that. Yeah. Yeah. I stood there, surprised though, looking back on it, I have no idea why I would be surprised by anything that happened in that damn apartment. Finally, I just said, fuck it, and started washing my hands and legs so I could get out of there. Stupid, I know, but thoughts don't come too clearly when shit's getting real like that. I also didn't want to acknowledge it to give it that power over me. I remember glancing up at the mirror, and I swore I saw something behind me in the strobe light. I turned around. Nothing. I kept scrubbing. The blood didn't seem to wash off. I kept scrubbing. I looked up. There was definitely something behind me. I turned around. Nothing. I kept scrubbing. The blood didn't seem to wash off. I kept scrubbing. I looked up. There was something behind me again. Instead of turning around, I threw my body back into whatever was there. I half expected to hit my head off the wall. I landed on something. Soft-ish. I say soft-ish because there was a bit of give to, and the first inch or so was squishy, but then it was harder than a rock. It was freezing to the touch, but burning hot at the same time. <laughs> I like that you clenched. I screamed. What's that? the worst. <laughs> you don't like it? <laughs> I like it. The lights went out. The door shut. I heard a laugh. A sinister laugh. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> I screamed again and started clawing at the door. The laughing got louder. <laughs> I felt like my torso was being burned alive, but my arms and legs were freezing to the point of numbness. I screamed even more. The bathroom door opened, throwing light into the room made me shut my eyes. The laughing stopped. I opened my eyes. There was a man at the door. He looked at me. He looked peaceful. He reached out his hand to help me. I reached up and let him pull me up. I looked behind me in the now-lit bathroom. Nothing. I looked back at the man. Nothing. He was gone. Maybe a nice entity has, uh -huh. has welcomed the equation. Be benevolent spirits. I guess that's what you gotta hope for in that situation, or... If the floodgates are open, I guess some some good fish could be there, not just a bunch of sharks, right? I mean, yeah, imagine a bunch of good fish trapped behind the floodgates with a shark, with some dick shark hurting people, or hurting them. Like, that dick shark, if it's just trapped there with them, it's probably hurting them. So, I can see why that's they want to, like... Too. But, I mean, some parts of this, like... Fuck, dude, that's terrifying. Yeah, that was um, a fun part, though. Yeah, 
Yeah. I like that part a lot. I feel like in a situation like this, this is the time where you walk outside with your arm still bleeding and bleeding out. Oh, absolutely. The minute I was like, oh, there's cuts, I'm bleeding. Like, this is a great excuse to not go to college anymore. Yeah, this is great. Like, like I'm going to least... be in the hospital for at least three days surrounded exactly. by people monitoring me and my condition. And mm-hmm. it's a bulletproof excuse to not fucking go to class or work or fucking anything. Yeah, you don't have to ruin your grade. Might even let you fix that, like, without yeah, knocking back. your tuition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also... Medical leave. If you're... It's one thing, like, when she got pulled over by the cops, it's one thing getting thrown into jail while being under demonic oppression or possession. Yeah. Because that's, like, everyone's bullshit is locked up in that cage and it's not good. But if you're in, like, a loony bin, especially loony bin nowadays, like... They'll put those little gloves on you where you can't hurt yourself. You'll be in a room where it's like you won't be able to like run out the run out the window. There will be, might not even be a window if you don't want one in there. Um, they can yeah. leave the lights on for you the whole time. You'd be like, I can't fucking sleep. I'm fine. They will accommodate you, assuming that you're crazy, and that's going to Absolutely. be way better than being there or being in jail. Absolutely, like get your seventy-two hour hold. And also get access to another priest because that dude didn't do shit for you. (laughs) Didn't do nothing. Anyway. First off, thank you for everyone reading so far uh, to answer some questions that keep popping up. This whole fiasco happened a few years ago when I was in college. Uh, Eventually it slowed down. It wasn't as scary. But weird things have happened ever since. It's been slowly intensifying lately. Hence why I start... You're an idiot! Hence why I started writing down what happened in the beginning. At first, it was uh, just a nice way to finally get my story out there without people looking at me like I was some sort of crazy person. Uh, Now, it's starting to get bad again. I hope telling people how it all started uh, could potentially, you know, help to be a a bit more in uh, maybe getting advice on how to stop it again. Um, Also, to answer another question, yeah. I completely lost my shit many, many times. I'll, I'll get into that a bit more with this update. Uh, the guy was just gone. Nothing there. And a, uh, a peaceful feeling, uh, the peaceful feeling associated with him was also gone. I snapped out of it, realized I was still in the bathroom, and I had cuts everywhere. Welcome back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. <laughs> there, there is zero spaghetti here, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, I know. Which is which is where which is odd. I which mean, is I, where it falls apart. Yeah. I really thought there'd be lots of pasta. pasta. There would be lots of pasta. Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to back. Earth. <laughs> Welcome back to reality, uh, I guess. I grabbed my phone, ran out of the apartment. I guess the chair wasn't going to happen. Oh, well, another failed class. Yet again! <laughs> I went over to Liz's house and tried to explain what had happened, though the experience of uh, all blood and, 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 and laughter and uh, whatever the hell I backed into was terrifying as hell, uh, literally. The mysterious man who randomly appeared and made everything stop for a moment gave me some small inkling of hope. Maybe he would come again. Bracing? Maybe he could stop all of this? Mm. Even though I felt remarkably safer at Liz's apartment, I could still hear the squirrels. Squirrels? Yeah, the squirrels scratching all night. And uh, the 
pebbles hitting the windows and increasing intensity. I tried to brush it aside and continued to talk about what happened. Liz was pretty convinced the man I saw was an angel sent from God to protect me. Now, as I've said before, I was not very religious. Like, I'm, man, me, an organized religion, and Catholic Church, you know, we have our own gripes, our own private beef, that sort of thing. But if you are seeing this shit, it's time to fucking join up. the tribe. Pony up. Like, sorry, bro. You, 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 yeah, yeah, Boy Scouts are, yeah. are bullshit. Don't get me wrong. Boys, mm -hmm. Boy Scouts look, look fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. I get it. But, uh, you're out in the wilderness and you're being attacked by a fucking bear. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're mm -hmm. gonna, you're gonna wish you knew. Yeah. And you're gonna, and, and you're gonna wish you had the tools. Or at least someone to, you know, a tribe, the some knowledge. people to yeah, the beat people. with. Yeah, the people. Yeah. We're social animals, we've gotten through our troubles, not by living alone in a fucking, you know, being an isolated island, but teamwork. Yeah. Dude. Fuck. Join a faction. Anyway. As I've said before, I was not very religious before all this happened, whereas Liz was uh, religious, not in a crazy Bible-thumping sort of way, just very faithful. I didn't give a shit who it was, I just wanted to come back. The scratching and the pebbles, the, the all shit hitting the window were getting worse and worse. I started hearing a buzzing-type sound. Uh, Liz didn't seem to hear anything. I shushed her and listened. Yep, there was definitely a buzzing sound. Now, keep in mind, it's about 2 in the morning, April. Not really a popular time for bees to be buzzing about. But I get I've never seen a bee at night. I just realized that. But I guess, I, I guess that night it was, I went over to the window and kept hearing buzzing noises and lifted the blinds. The whole window was covered with bees. I was terrified. I'm highly allergic to bees. But I didn't have my EpiPen with me. Bum, bum, bum. Oof! Candyman is ruthless. It was my damn haunted apartment. I guess I kind of half-screened and backed away from the window. Liz looked at me like I was insane. I fucking love Candyman, by the way. I'm not a fan. I was terrified. <laughs> I saw it too early. <laughs> sure. Sure. The bees! Not the bees! Not the bees, dear God. My eyes! I'm pointing at the window. She then looked, then she looked at me. She didn't see anything. I knew it. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She, she, uh, looked, and then she looked at me. She didn't see anything. There were a fucking hundred bees swarming her window, and she didn't see them? The hell are you talking about? There are hundreds of bees! I managed to get out. I was super freaked out. I kept pointing. I don't see any bees, Sarah, Liz said. She eventually convinced me I was hallucinating. I wasn't sure which was worse. Hallucinations were the real thing. On the one hand, hallucinating made me certifiably crazy. On the other hand, hundreds of ghost bees and whatever the hell I was seeing made this whole demonic adventure something that could literally kill me. This- It could have killed you this entire time. Yeah. Like, the part where you fucking woke up bleeding everywhere. With, yeah. With a uh, knife in your hand. Or the part where you woke up with choke marks on you. Yeah. Or, this has been trying to kill you. Like, this whole time. Day could, what, what? The bees how, are what get you? How? F yeah. The, the fuck? Bees, the bees are where? Like, that's probably the tamest. <laughs> oh, shit, I don't have my EpiPen. Yeah. <laughs> like, generally, bees don't sting you unless you fuck with them. Yeah. 
Like, they're not hornets. That's, like, of all the shit. True. This is the these most be benign. Totally cool. Yeah, this is the most yeah. benign shit that's happened to you. Like, you backed in to a fucking invisible being, you. And even, even where I work, they have, like, um, they have, like, hornet issues all the time. Oh, because, fuck uh, that. it's like a one of those old school wooden houses, and it's just old. And just hornets find gaps, and they build their little things. And I swear, <laughs> when it's like summertime, it's like once a week, I'm like trapping a hornet and I'm like throwing it outside or I'm like trapping it and I'm killing it you know yeah. like they're just they never do anything to me but I hear them and I think about them and I know I'm probably allergic to them and I'm just like nope Mm-mm. so I just get it out of there yeah Oof. you handle your shit is my point yeah I mean but at this point what can she do anyway the next day I do better st- ultimately Ugh, yeah I guess that's all she's got. Um, the next day, I skipped my 3D art class. What's the fucking point? I hadn't finished my chair. And went to my apartment to clean up. Clean up in the light of day. Since things weren't going well with my roommate, I didn't think a uh, hundred sheets of cardboard, glue sticks, and blood everywhere was going to be a good thing to come home to. Liz tried to come and keep me company, but uh, got sick at the sidewalk. I told her just wait in the car. I cautiously went up to the front door and went to swipe my key and lock and uh, their brand new apartments. They had like a hotel key swipey thing. Um, but the door was not latched. Shit. My roommate saw the mess. Great. Another strike against me. I opened the door, prepared to apologize for the mess instead of being greeted by an empty, cold apartment. And when I say empty, I mean empty. Sure. The pre-furnished living room furniture was there, but none of our personal effects. It looked like the day I moved in. No lamps, no coasters, no paintings, no pillows, no blankets, no throw rugs, nothing. I saw also all traces of the 3D chair were gone as well. The temperature was as freezing, as usual, freezing, and all the blinds were up. I just kind of stood there in awe. My brain couldn't comprehend what was going on. I knew I was losing it. Did my roommate move out? Did some unseen force uh, move it all? If so, where? I kept moving through the apartment down the hall. My room and uh, bathroom were on the left, and my roommate's room and bathroom were on the right of the hall. I peeked into her bathroom. All of her stuff was there. I kept walking to her room. Everything was still there. Okay, so she hadn't moved out. So where was the stuff? I think in the back of my mind, I knew I knew I would not be happy with what I'd find in my room and bathroom. I mean, let's be real. My luck wasn't that great. I couldn't decide which door to open first. My bathroom, which should be a bloody mess. Or my bedroom, which will, at the very least, have posters upside down and a cross in some weird place. And uh, based on the previous night's terror, I opted for my room. I went to open the door, but I couldn't open it. It was locked. Now I've never locked my room before. Both rooms come with a padlock, but up until all this happened, my roommate and I were on great terms and never needed the extra privacy slash security. I didn't even carry the key on me. I just kept it on the top of the break box in the closet where we stashed the Ouija board before Father Bob took it. Shit. So regretfully, I walked down the hall to the closet. Right before I put my hand on the doorknob to turn it, the doorknob turned by itself. The closet door creaked open in a classic horror movie fashion. 
I jumped back, shut, why the fuck would you shut your eyes? Shut my eyes, I didn't want to see what it was trying to show me. I felt a huge gust of freezing cold air hit me. And when I say hit me, I mean hit me. It slammed into and through my body with such force that I stumbled backwards. I opened my eyes to try to catch my balance, and that's when I saw it. The Ouija board. The fucking Ouija board was back. The motherfucking goddamn board that a fucking Catholic priest personally took out of the apartment was back. And it was glowing in the dark as if it had been exposed to light recently. We had bought a cheesy glow-in-the-dark board. And the red marks from the holy water were still stained on the board. I think I screamed. I'm pretty sure I screamed. I mean, who wouldn't scream when something you thought was gone just reappears in your fucking closet? I think it was uh, about then that I lost my shit. I remember just sitting on the couch, saw its blankets and pillows, and sobbed. I couldn't stop sobbing. The gruesome images started flashing, and I swore I heard the bees again, not the bees. But I just didn't care. At that point, I would have welcomed the bees, not the bees. I wanted everything to stop, and it seemed to me, uh, at the time, that the only way it would stop is if I died. Nothing else was fixing it. Holy water, a Catholic priest, crucifixes, sage, sage. Sage. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, sage. I would sage this thread. I'd be like, you're fucking... Salt hasn't come up once. Yeah, that's see, so basic. That's the first thing I would do, but the thing about it is this is not an easy thing to cut. And I would say put it on a bandsaw, but you're liable to fucking cut your hand off. And you gotta cut it into six pieces. You gotta break this thing. Sure. Before you salt it. Anyway. I could hear Liz knocking on the front door uh, between dry heaving. But they want to get up and get the door. I didn't want her to come into the apartment and get her life ruined like mine. I didn't want help. I just wanted to die. I wanted to die and accept any fate that came my way. Because I was pretty sure if there was a hell, I was already living in it. So what I have to lose? The buzzing got louder, but I didn't give a shit. I started to hear laughter like the night before. <laughs> it seemed like it was coming from my bedroom. I didn't care. Let the bees attack ghost, demon, whatever laugh while I died whatever I half stood up and started screaming come get me motherfucker do it already yippee-ki-yay do it, what are you waiting for do it, kill me take me, do it what are you waiting you are one ugly motherfucker what's that from? predator <laughs> Remember when I said that we should read mental health stories? Yeah. We got a taste of that today, too. Yeah, so... I want to fucking die. This person, like, <laughs> is... Half of this shit's definitely in their head. Which yeah. I think is part of the whole isolating yeah. effect of the... Yeah. Or she might just be, like, fucking schizophrenic and depressed. Mm. I mean, her grades are shit. She's seeing weird things. Mm-hmm. Like... Average college student. Yeah, I, I mean... This could be demonic possession or just regular stress and depression slash, yeah, schizophrenia. She's in her 20s. And she's only seen this weird shit when she's alone. But again, that's also the way mental health and demons attack you. Sure. Wolves attack you alone. They separate you from the pack. Predators separate you from the pack. That's just generally Mm -hmm. what prey do. No, they do because in, in all of the movies, they like... They, they do the little things, the little tactics to get yeah. people away from the pack. Because it's just like, uh, when you hear or you think you see, like, refracted light, like, you get, like, distracted. You mm-hmm. know? And they're all just like... 
Yeah. I don't even know how to make the noises. Uh, lions, too. They killed stragglers, the ones talking about high the, uh... I just wanted more excuses to talk about Predator. 1990. Oh, yeah. Action on the That's the noise. They're like... I can't do it now. No, but that was good. Yeah. You were, I, I, I know what you were talking yeah. about. <laughs> Anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, the laughter and buzzing got louder and louder. The temperature uh, stopped, started dropping significantly. I could barely hear Liz pounding on the front door. It sounded muffled and far away. I uh, kept scream crying intermittently, trying to shame or anger whatever. It was just into just finishing the job. I was done fighting. Though the sounds in the cold kept intensifying, nothing else was it happening. Fine, if yelling at him this didn't work, I was gonna up the ante. I grabbed the Ouija board out of the closet and threw it onto the coffee table. I went back to the closet and started looking for the pointer thing. I reached. Ooh, shit, you dumb. I reached into the closet to find it. The clothes sleeves that were hanging in there felt as they had arms around them. Good, I thought. Maybe they'll choke me. I choke me, daddy. That's exactly where I was like, all right, kinky. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't my lucky day because uh, the unseen arms didn't try to grab me. Instead, they pushed. They seemed to push my arm in the right direction to find the pointer on the top of the little shelf. And that's when you know you should probably like, not do yeah, this. Yeah, well, it's like, oh, it's yeah, like, it's seriously, like, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on, yeah, yeah fucking on. do it, please. I, I, as in, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'll help you. I fucking dare I'll you. I'll fucking help you. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I put the pointer on it and faltered as to what to do next. Literally, luckily, I didn't have to uh, figure anything out. The pointer started going in quick little circles over the boards without my hands going near it. Around and around and went, faster and faster. I just stared at it. Part of me wanted it to spell something out, but another part of me was scared shitless at what it may say. What do you want from me? I asked. What do you want from me? What do you... Sorry. I don't know this song. No, it's okay. I would, I it's would join funny. in. It's uh, just funny. It's just funny. Oh, okay. No, like, that's... I. I'm pretty sure in episode one or two, Frowns sings that when someone says that. So if anything, <laughs> it's me alluding to Frowns and not, not even the song. Okay. Actually. It's just funny. Yeah, it's callback. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, what do you want from me? I asked. Cliche. Yeah, I know, but uh, I can't tell. I was thinking very clearly at the time. The pointer just kept going around in circles and circles. What do you want? I asked. Circle. It wants circle. Get it some fucking onion rings. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, if I Donuts. was... Donuts. Yeah, if I'm coming back to the Bagels. third dimension from being like, you know, all wispy and unable to eat and nothing to taste buds with and nothing to like ex physically experience, the first thing oh, I'm asking for... They're like, dude, zesty, you know what I want? Onion rings. Sauce, yeah. Yes. Bring all the circle foods island. right here, right now. Thousand. Sorry. Thousand. I was island. Nice. Dipping onion rings in Thousand Island. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I wish they could give Big Mac sauce in cups and just dip onion rings in there. That's that's solid. Um. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept asking over and over, and got nothing. I changed tactics. Who are you? What are you? Why are you here? It's that has no reason to answer you. 
or truthfully <laughs> answer you. Like you're not asking the right questions. Yes, yeah, you're not trying. I asked every question I could think of. I started to get angry again. I went to grab the stupid pointer and throw it against the wall or something. When I felt this electric shock go through my arm, it nearly leveled me. I got even angrier. If you're not gonna let me touch the fucking thing, tell me what the hell you want! Oh shit, no. Oh, you fucked up. The pointer stopped on letter A, it moved to B, and back to A, then to D, then it stopped. A bad? The fuck does that mean? I screamed. The pointer moved again. O? N? The fuck does that mean? A bad on? <laughs> a bad one? What the fuck? I tried to grab the pointer and it got shocked again. And the laughter was ear-piercingly loud at this point. <laughs> oh god. Oh god, this is this is bad. This is like <laughs> if this is who I think it is, this is like one of the worst ways this can possibly fucking go for you. And honestly, you fucking suicide at least you'll escape <laughs> like oh god um i put my hands over my ears and was almost surprised they weren't bleeding from the volume my bedroom door suddenly started banging back and forth in the door frame not opening not closing but definitely moving the closet door started doing the same thing the bathroom door was flung open and the light came on the sound got louder the pointer started going in circles again and it went faster and faster. I didn't know what to do. I just hoped this was the big one and that I would just die of a heart attack or something. No <laughs> such luck. I felt another cold rush. I felt another cold rush of air hit me and I fell back onto the couch. I must have screamed because I could hear my voice scream like an echo underneath the sound of the laughing. It was the strangest sound I'd ever heard. Suddenly, my whole body felt frozen and I couldn't move. My heart was pounding but I can barely hear it over the sounds of laughter and the echo in my screams. I can barely breathe. Each breath felt like fire. The front door flew open with in a huge bang and everything stopped. I looked up to see Liz at the front door with a frantic look on her face. That man from the mirror was right behind her. Mm-hmm. 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 That's a, that's a good, that's a good spot. You know, that, that part five. Yeah. Um, I do want to read one more before we finish the episode, but do you have any prelim thoughts before I get into the final part of this episode, before we have to come back another day and finish it? I'm sure we could talk about it afterwards, but... Yeah, this is a... But that last part seemed like a... I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't comprehend it, because no matter how much shit talking I do in... 34, 35, or 66, when it comes down to that kind of devil shit, like, I'm not even there anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I'm not... I'm living in a different state already, mm -hmm. surrounded by salt. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm already... Like, I salted my entire house, and then I salted the room I'm in, and I go between these barriers... <laughs> And I do checks, mm -hmm. and I no longer 
<laughs> talk to anyone. <laughs> I feel like I honestly just know better than to ever be caught in this situation. No, that's that's of course the yeah. precursor, but it's like but, you find yourself yeah. in this situation. Like, what's the best you can do? Best you can do? Best you can do. <sighs> and for me, it's just like, get the fuck out. Yeah, get out. Never be alone. Also, um, like, ugh. what's so? What's the bad on thing that you're that you're? It looks like it's spelling out the name of a demon, Abaddon. Hmm. Which. Yeah. Is um, I'm gonna be a little a little nerdy here. It's it's one of the uh, seventy two demons. Uh, that's not nerdy. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's just it, it's it's. It, it, not a, not a good dude. Lots yeah. of torture, punishment, not fun stuff. Probably one of the most metal <laughs> things yeah, of uh, Christianity and Catholicism there is. Yeah, I I, I went uh, through the uh, the Catholic cult for a little bit of my life, my younger life. Um, yeah. Some of this, this is the shit that stuck with me because it was the coolest. Because it's the best part. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, this is hardcore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it always pissed me off finding out, alright, so like in Catholicism there's all this Probably because of situations like this, there's a whole bunch of taboo and snafu around, like, magic and magicians and doing stuff. But when you read it, there's, like, a lot of fucking magicians in there. Yeah. And Solomon was a fucking magician. And he, Alchemy he, and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers turning snakes into sticks, sticks into snakes and shit. Uh, splitting fucking rivers um, so people can walk through it. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of crazy, like, magicians. And uh, you, got, you got Solomon over there writing books about demons and shit and... Uh, you know, making making temples all magically and shit. Well, I mean, not magically building it, but, you know, the foundations of a lot of sigils and shit and building the foundations. And it's like, how come this dude's allowed magic and no one else is? But probably because of situations like this. And a lot of sure. the things we're seeing here are, like, literally the worst-case scenario, the bad shit, the baddest shit that can happen to you. I mean, and what I also find crazy, and, and the kind of parallels with, like, my own experiences and theories. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that are fucked up that happened to her has, like, what I call, uh, I guess, think of, this is my own term, of like the uh, the Schrodinger's cat veil. Yeah. Like, it's happening behind her the scenes, but it's definitely something there. If she opens the door, she may see nothing, and she may see something really fucked up, like with her home, like her room door being locked and closed and it's shaking absolutely you see a lot of the shit fucking with the blind spots of your perception yeah and, and I like that a lot right and it's like kind of what I mentioned earlier when I was like that's where I kind of just draw the distinction between like ghosts and malevolent non-physical beings things that understand that you're a person understands your perspective and still consciously fucks with you not just a remnant Mm-hmm. But an, uh, a being, right, a being, yeah, that I like that. can think for itself and decides I'm going to take this action because it'll scare you and it'll make controlling your actions even more. It'll make you even more pliable and susceptible to me controlling and influencing your decisions and actions. And using that Schrodinger's cat veil, as I like to call it, against them as part of that, the shit that you can't see, your blind spots of perception, I'm fucking with it. You can yeah. see me in the mirror, you can't see me in real life. You'll feel me. Which you won't know for sure on here. Not until it's too late. Right. Whereas this angelic being that she's seen, I don't know if it's a trick, but it blatantly shows up to her. And I think what I like the most about this story is that it's it's a fucking roller coaster. Yeah, it really is. And I keep asking myself, like, how much fucking more 
of this can there be? And I kind of asked myself the same thing when we read Bedtime, Mm -hmm. because it was just like, okay, fuck, now we know it's something else, so why are we still not fixing Mm -hmm. it the right way? Mm -hmm. And and it comes down to ignorance Mm -hmm. at the end of the the first storytelling's Mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. But, um... But really, like, this, what I'm about to read is part six of an 11-part story. So what what we're going to finish out the episode with right now is in no way going to really help yeah. <laughs> at all. You still got What's five more on. episodes <laughs> yeah. of me fucked yeah, like, over. F- like, five more parts to this of just sheer... Terror. Yeah. And dick, torture. Dick fuck. Yeah. So anyway, this is part six. Mm-hmm. The man from the bathroom had the most angelic face. I'm making a guess that um, the person that's helping is Will. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it's, and it's through Liz's connection that Will is helping. Mm-hmm. I'll put but, money um, on that. But whatever Abaddon that uh, Sarah has found herself fucked with um, is clearly having... Mm-hmm power and more free reign to, to, to do the fucks. I think the book I was thinking of, I couldn't think of the name. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Ars Goetia. should definitely check that. Which is what? Um, so it's like a book of these angels and demons and their descriptions, and they're all nice. fucked off and weird. Like a cherub. I've definitely heard of that before. Mm-hmm. I've definitely heard yeah. of that. If it's not that, then it's the 72 Keys of Solomon. It's one of the two. Lesser keys. Yeah. yeah. The man from the bathroom had the most angelic face. I just... He was so attractive. <laughs> I focused on that as Liz rushed in and tried to snap me out of it in between dry heaves. I vaguely remember her saying, Our father, but I was too focused on the man's face to pay attention. Every time I looked away from him, I would see the flashes and near distant laughter. <laughs> I could feel Liz trying to shake me out of it, but I didn't want it to, the peace to stop. The man smiled. A comforting smile and started walking away. Wait! I cried, but he was gone. His exit snapped me back to reality. Mm-hmm. Oops. There went gravity. <laughs> Liz looked back towards the door but didn't see anything. I could still vaguely hear the laughter and it was still too cold. Mm-hmm. But at least it had stopped for a moment. Liz took one look at the Ouija board on the table and broke down crying. Is that I just nodded my head. Yes, the Ouija board was somehow back in the apartment. How? I have no idea, but it was back. Liz immediately walked, wanted to call Father Bob to come in and get the board again, but for some reason I didn't want him to come again. The scary part about being in a situation like this is that you don't know what thoughts are your own and what thoughts are being inserted by whatever was haunting us. Mm-hmm. My gut told me to keep the Ouija board, but I had no idea if it was if that was me or it talking. Liz pretty much looked at me like I was insane. Maybe I was. Who knows? But I didn't want to talk about the Ouija board. I wanted to talk about the man that could make it all stop. Liz said she hadn't seen anyone behind her at the door. She was turning more and more green as she stood there in my apartment. I grabbed the board and threw it back in the closet and we left. Later that day, I was recouping in Liz's apartment while she did some homework and checked on Facebook. Well, mostly checking Facebook. Let's be real, we were in college. I was trying to forget the events of the day by reading a book when I glanced up at the computer screen. It was him. It was the man from the bathroom, the calm man. I knocked over the coffee table as I scrambled to get up to the computer. That's him, I shouted. That's the guy who can make it stop. Liz just looked at me with a mix of fear, awe, sadness, and disbelief. She scrolled up to the name. Will Sanderson, 
It was her boyfriend. The dead one, who we tried to contact with the Ouija board. I sat back, trying to figure it all out, talk about questioning your belief system. Here I was, faced with potentially the devil, fucking with me, and an angel, so to speak. That was once a real person. Four weeks ago, I was completely agnostic, and now I had no idea what to think. Liz didn't want to talk about Will, and I didn't want to push her, but I wanted to, desperately. What was he like? Why, why, why is he here? Is he an angel? Is he a good ghost? He's a good ghost. A weird figment of my imagination, a ploy by whatever was haunting us. I made up some excuse to leave and got into my car. I just needed some time to sort out all my thoughts. I seriously considered going back to my apartment and pulling out at the Ouija board. But I figured I had enough excitement for one day. Instead, I went to the local coffee shop to sit, relax, and read. It was a quaint little place located in a renovated house on Main Street. They had couches and big comfy chairs that were perfect to snuggle up with a good book in. I grabbed my coffee and bagel and tried to figure out what was going on. Before I could really wrap my head around anything, I felt this weird tingling on my scalp. I turned around to face a blank wall. There was nothing there, attributing it to paranoia from the tiny bit of stress I was under. I went back to questioning my complete belief system. About two minutes later, the tingling feeling was back, but it was spreading down into my shoulders and chest. I touched my head, nothing. I looked around, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. I tried to convince myself it was just the start of a panic attack or something, and then secretly hoped it was a stroke, and that finally, it would be over. I tried to ignore it, but the feeling kept creeping lower and lower. The tingling got stronger, but I could realize what was going on. I, I realized I couldn't move. I was completely paralyzed in the middle of a busy college coffee shop. My mind was racing. What the fuck was going on? I could still move my eyes, but that was about it. No one else in the coffee shop seemed to know anything was going on. The tingling got stronger and stronger until it started to burn. Still, I couldn't move. I'm going to take a minute to digress here. My childhood was a nightmare in and of itself. My mom and dad divorced when I was four, and my when my father actually found the time in between his drug runs to bring me up for a visit, he stayed in Canada, my mom and I moved back to the States. He and his family did some sick and twisted things to both me and my female cousins. With that said, what transpired next was even more terrifying to me because of that background. To this day, I don't know if, the, if this happened because it knew what buttons of mine to push, or if this was a residual thing from the house and the coffee shop was in. There was a rape in the house years before I was there, as I learned in the local archives, but I didn't know specifics. I then felt a horrendous amount of pain. I'm not going to be too descriptive here, but I'm assuming you all know what I'm talking about. It was an unmistakable pain that I felt when I was a child, in a place where a child shouldn't experience that type of pain. I could feel tears come to my eyes and my breaths come in short bursts, but I couldn't move a muscle. I tried to plead to someone, anyone, with my eyes, but no one was paying any attention to me. But really, what the hell can anyone do to anyone else? I was just another college student sitting in a chair with a coffee and a book, albeit not moving, but nothing looked out of the ordinary. But what I felt was out of the ordinary. My god, it was excruciating. I started getting flashbacks of my childhood intermixed with the new flashes of all things bad in the world, compliments of the Ouija board. It was the longest 6 minutes and 12 seconds of my life. I knew it was 6 minutes and 12 seconds because in my line of vision I could see a clock on the wall opposite of me. As soon as it started, it stopped. My body slumped over and I slipped. I spilled my coffee everywhere. 
It was all I could do to suppress an anguished cry. I could barely breathe. My panic attack was full force. I think as I ran out of the building, I left my coffee spilled all over the floor and my book in the middle of the mess. I don't remember. I'm assuming because the next day the book was returned to me completely saturated with coffee. I couldn't get out of that place fast enough. I made it to my car and completely lost my shit. I screamed, I cried, I hyperventilated hell. I even prayed. I couldn't calm down. I can usually calm my panic attacks by concentrating on my breathing, or as stupid as it sounds, singing the ABCs or row, row, row your boat, because it's mindless, but nothing was helping. I nearly slammed my head through the moonroof in my car when I heard someone knocking on my window. I think it was Liz. Thank God for Liz. I couldn't form words. I couldn't do anything but just look at her and sob. She helped me move over to the passenger seat and we just drove around, not saying anything. She just let me sit there and cry and curse and cry some more. We drove for a good hour, only stopping because my car needed gas. After pumping the gas, Liz sat back down in the car and looked at me. At this point, I had stopped crying as hard and was just kind of sitting there, whimpering like an injured animal. Liz just grabbed my hand and started driving. It was nice knowing I wasn't alone in this. I shut my eyes and tried to calm down some more until I felt the car stop. I opened them, and we were in front of my apartment. I started screaming and crying again. I couldn't go in there, not then. I just couldn't. Liz just grabbed my hand harder and told me to give her my key card to the apartment and to stay in the car. I shook my head, but she insisted. I watched as she went up the walk, pausing to throw up once and then entered the apartment. After what seemed like an eternity, Liz emerged, looking a bit green, and ran back to the car. In her hand, she had my childhood stuffed dog, Floppy. I know some of you will chuckle that a 20-something woman still has her childhood stuffed animal, but I don't give a rat's ass. Fuck you. Floppy got me through my childhood, and he has always brought me a bit of comfort when I needed him. I couldn't find words to express my gratitude as I curled up with Floppy in front of my seat of my car. Liz gave one final dry heave before she pulled out of the parking lot. I cuddled with Floppy, putting him near my face, and then I realized there was a huge hole in his chest with stuffing coming out of it. I looked at Liz, confused. She just shook her head and stared straight ahead. Don't ask, she said. Mm. A tide of rage washed over me. What kind of fucked up bastard, dead or undead, fucks with someone's stuffed animal? I know it sounds stupid, but that is just crossing a fucking line. I still get livid thinking about it now. You can beat me, rape me, scare the shit out of me, whatever, but a fucking stuffed dog, seriously? How fucking pathetic. We got back to Liz's house and she offered to sew Floppy up for me and I agreed, but I was still seething inside. I know some people are going to think I'm insane for this being my breaking point, but it just was. Just the senselessness and malice behind it sickened me and made me want to fight. Fuck waiting for the big one and hoping to go quietly into that good night. I was going to make someone or something pay for this. I sat there on Liz's couch as she carefully sewed the hole in Floppy's chest and I plotted my revenge mm. it's a good place to stop yeah yeah it is it's a real good place to stop because um that's that's the that's a paradigm shift in the story yeah she she might now do the research and the and the time she might put the time into learning how to get out of it yeah you know going forward other than that uh, she might also call in some big guns the Witch Hammer Clan. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Or, uh, I don't know. Where do you think it's going to go? Um, uh, I honestly don't know. It could go a couple places from like 
I guess way Hollywood and other stories would not kind of pitch the happily and be happily ever after for this is like, all right, now this person basically lives the rest of their life as if, you know, they're an ex addict, where they sure. have to go to church every week and stay up on their shit and constantly be vigilant on keeping evil out of their lives. So it could definitely go that way. Um, I would like for it to go in the more RPG tabletop fashion, <laughs> like World of Darkness, and yeah. she like either becomes a geist or like a werewolf, or uh, <laughs> maybe gets contacted by like Task Force of Valkyrie. Yeah. Becomes like a paranormal hunter. That'd BPRD. Be... Yeah. Hellboy. Exactly. You yeah, know? absolutely. I would uh, love. I would love that. That's where I'd want Some this to go. Witch hunter shit. Yeah. Some supernatural shit. Yeah, you know. But um, but I don't think it's gonna go that way. No, she's gonna, she's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be pain. the basic shit. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna find a way to ward it off, or they're gonna die trying, mm-hmm. and they're most likely gonna have Will's help with it. Yeah. So um. She says it comes back too, so she obviously doesn't go all. Witch hunter clan. Witch sure. hunter clan. Oh. Sure. Um. Do you think there will be any casualties? Oh, of course. Liz is gonna die. You think Liz is gonna die? Dude, See, Liz I has to die. I did. <laughs> it's the I only d- light in her life. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it, but I do. I do think that it might go there. It's gonna what breaks her and makes her push to that extra, extra. That extra fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you what do you what do you think of this story? I love it so far. Um, Ouija board is never. Yeah. A good idea ever. No, never. Um, there was something I read recently with um two new people on the show. Um, it was called uh Dude Do You Own a Dog? And it was about these two dude bros who very much love each other. It's gonna be a wonderful episode. I I know you're gonna love it. Um very wholesome. Two okay. dude bros who have to fight the rake. The what? The rake. The rake Nothing is really. um oh, it's a creepypasta monster. Oh, okay. That um it's said that you'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll be sitting at the foot of your bed and it'll come to you and whisper the day and the time that you're going to die. And no. And sometimes that's enough to actually kill you then and there right now. But they kind of animalize him uh-huh. in this story and it's almost like fighting a demon. Like, yeah. you know, like a monster of some kind. It's very fun. It's yeah. a very fun episode. And there are parts of the way that... The Reddit no sleep person wrote this uh-huh. <laughs> that makes me think of that, but that was very clearly more of a parody on supernatural, and this is mm. trying to be a um, dramatic, yeah, you know, uh, fictional. This is definitely along the lines of The Exorcist or uh, yeah. Insidious. I'm just saying that the prose, the way yeah. that the person writes it, has um, oh, a little okay. bit more character. Yeah. Than something like Insidious, but you're mm-hmm. absolutely right that it's it's on those boundaries, it's mm-hmm. on that line. Um, I really like it. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome, and I'm glad that I'm reading it with you because you're clearly enthusiastic about it, and you have a lot of knowledge in this kind of realm of thinking, and you ask mm-hmm. the right questions. Yeah, so it's just low key my shit, man. So I hope, yeah, I hope you're into it. You're you're like the uh, you're like the demon guy. I feel like after the 100th mm-hmm. big one hundo. Um, we're gonna have to get into that that other story about the other exorcism, and For sure. we could we could like cross reference yeah. the shit that people do wrong in these in these situations. There's a lot of shit that I wouldn't do. That these, I mean, at this point, I feel like even going to the uh, the loony bin is a mistake because now 
I mean, it's like a snowball you've let get so big. Oh, um, yeah. Now it's following. Right. But now what I do notice um, in the story... So, she's able to see Will. She's able to see the demon. She's able to experience the bees. Sure. So, the things that are actually physically breaking that, again, I call uh, the uh, the Schrodinger cat barrier. Yeah. Only she can see those. Yeah. Even though there is other shit happening and uh, Liz can't testify to this. Now, it seems like whatever... Because it's not like she made a deal deal, like a Faustian demon type of deal. Absolutely. Like, I'll give you this, you give me that. She opened the doors and was kind of like, all right, I'm going to be an open conduit. Yeah. So this kind of like, she just forced herself into mediumship. Yes. And so she may be able to pull something mm. better out of this and like, you know. That's a good thought. I didn't think about that. But, but I mean, Will was kind of my feeling of that. Is that? Mm-hmm. But now I'm I'm realizing that Will is only there because of Liz. So it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. If if Will is helping Sarah out of that situation in the bathroom, then it's just the re- residual belief of mm-hmm. of Liz wanting Sarah to have help in right. the situation. Wanting your like, friend to be okay. Yeah, like the belief. The power that Will has over the situation is only because mm-hmm. Liz knows he's there mm-hmm. and helped communicate prior. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for a twist to be that you know Will's just a fucking asshole, but I you know I feel like we're we've we've already passed that yeah that I'm, threshold. I mean, it's totally possible. I feel like when it comes to incorporeal beings who can alter what they look like and when they appear to you, yeah, things to consider are like. Again, it's motives. Something that is going to try to make you afraid is probably some way feeding off of that fear. Like when lions or hyenas or something eat a wild animal, they don't go for the kill first because they like what the cortisol and from and the fear does to the meat changes the flavor. Interesting. So See, when, I was looking at it as more of a... Um, we bring it up in Whistler's a bunch... Uh, one of those fish, like a lamprey, that has the uh, the light that that guides a person to their demise. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, Something they go running towards as an excuse, but it turns into what what bites them in the ass the most. Right, and so the way that these things choose to appear and this says is a lot no about sleep. them. And this is yeah. no sleep, so mm-hmm. it could very much um, turn on a dime. Exactly, but, uh, but I just I I think this one's going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. intuitive and a little bit more. Um, it's been building. Yeah. It's been building to something, and and I think what we're going to see is much more um, blockbuster than it will be original. But anyway, yeah, this was episode eighty nine with Crying Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm excited to come back and finish this um, great some time. other time. It's so I guess um I guess you'll have to wait wait for the next episode of Lots of Pasta Z. Will <laughs> Will Sarah have the power of Liz's belief and dead ex boyfriend to overcome Bad on? Demon Ouija board fuckhead. Yeah. Let's let we'll find out on another time that isn't now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Abaddon, by the way, and the track record doesn't. Um, it's like, hey, will this 
fucking college student be able to knock out Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> I mean, not that he's like the best fighter in the world, but I mean, yeah. that's what he does. It's his thing. He punches hard and dodges punches. And will this random 20-year-old college <laughs> student Beat lady... century-old demon. <laughs> come right up and ding, ding. I'm like, your kid's got spunk, you know? I like me a good big David and Goliath story. Kid, you can go ahead and throw that rock and it's not going to work out. You can only help.